Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is TJ Carter from The Average Joe Geek Show, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con, which is happening. Ah, see, <laughs> he didn't even know what I was going to say, and he messed it up. Yep, just like Winnie the Pooh. Um, oh, Bala. <laughs> yes, Jim Cummings, you're on the podcast. Oh, now he's leaving. Thanks uh, for coming, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Thanks for saying that one line. Now get the fuck out of here. Why'd you have to scare him? <laughs> Make sure the door doesn't hit you on the way out. It's a fortune that we need to pay his full 12-hour day rate for this. But <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, he is part of the union. Uh, yeah, Pop Culture Con is next this week. It's three days away. Um, you can see us live on Saturday at 520 in room 502. We'll be celebrating 1989. It's going to be fun. If you missed out on the year, we'll get you caught up. We will. Um, yeah. And then we'll also be doing some panels. Um, I'm doing a panel every day with some celebrity. Um, we haven't decided who's doing the one that overlaps with one of my panels, but, um, I think Brad will probably end up doing it. Nope. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you should also stop by our booth. We have con exclusive pint glasses. We also have a shirt Zach is wearing that nobody can see. Um, you can also pick that up there as well. Uh, We'll be selling me for auction. And we'll be selling Henry, Henry for auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we'll get, you know, like the Bluths in their <laughs> I hope so. auction. <laughs> I just so want to that from fucking I just Arrested go for more than like $10. Third one. So. Golly, that's a deep cut. <laughs> $11 sold. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's that's my goal. So, <laughs> so. Just be Lucille 2 and you're good to go. <laughs> that's a deep cut. I'm so full of pop culture references. That's probably why I'm entrusted by denver pop culture con to do celebrity panels brag yeah i no, actually i'm kind of proud of that that we get uh i don't post on the facebook thing that often uh, but there's some people on the facebook uh media credentialed that said oh has anybody got panels yet they haven't contacted us and i'm sitting here over like no <laughs> and that's too bad that's too bad but the, it's it is it is really kind of cool that they do seek me out and um I, I've never actually seen a panel I've moderated until 
this last year when they posted him, and I'm like, actually, I'm actually kind of good in him. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I kind of tear it up. And I, I did the one with uh, Bonnie uh, Wright. Bonnie Wright, and she loved me. And then the Power Ranger one, which is fun to watch. That one is fun to watch. <laughs> um, Bonnie Wright loved me. She was really nice. <laughs> And they were freaking out. They didn't know if I was going to make it. So I got to the last year. I got to the the theater like three minutes before the panel started because I was doing one panel. I literally had to go from one side of the convention to the other on a Saturday. And I didn't go through like the green room or like the elevator. I went through the theater, jumped <laughs> on the stage and walked in the back. <laughs> and the lady's like, oh, my God, you're here. I said, let me tell you something. If I'm scheduled, I will be here. I am on so many panels. I promise I'll be here. And uh Bonnie Wright told me I was brilliant. Oh, what's, Brian, what's that on your shoulder? I think it might be dirt. I want to brush that off your shoulder. Thank you. Quick. Thank you. She's she's really pretty, too. <laughs> I uh, guess I can't host any of them because I should probably be there filming them for us. Yeah, that'd be nice, but, so. you know, it's all right. Yeah. No worries. I mean, they are. I, I'm there, and that's all that matters. And they probably have a video crew that they hire. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but then they only post the ones they want to post, and... Which all mine did show up last year. <laughs> mine showed up too. Yeah, we could just forget about that. I uh, know you did fine. I know we did fine, but you I know don't... the only ones I wish they did is they don't um, film in the Metropolis one, and the dude who played Chewbacca. That was probably the best panel I did mm-hmm. um, because he was so funny and so nice, and he called his little baby uh, son while we were there because uh, he was born only like a month before he came out to Denver Comic Con. Yeah, you know I know that they have to. They're reached out. I wonder if. The studio has anything to do with it because it was before Solo came out, correct? Or was it right after? That was the same summer. Yeah, so it was like right it after was, Solo yeah, came right out. After Solo. And I'm guessing maybe they said you need to go out there and promote this movie or something. <laughs> and uh, but he was super nice, um, and he was really funny. He's one of my favorite ones I've ever done. That because I also learned that Harrison Ford actually almost died on the set because <laughs> I only heard that he hurt his leg and. Uh, Jonas told me that, yeah, he almost died. He doesn't have to worry, though. That's like the umpteenth time he's almost died doing yeah. something. Oh, I mean, he crashed a plane on a golf course. But, but I mean, he walked away like a badass, but still, like, yeah. he almost died. Man. Yeah. Harrison Ford, the man, the myth, legend. Did you know in 1989 he starred in a film? I did. Probably one of the greatest action-adventure films of all time. Yeah, we'll probably Witness. talk about it on Saturday. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Witness. My favorite action scene yeah. is that sponge bath. I mean, I think that's <laughs> four years to... Was it 85, Witness? Is that 85? 85, yeah. 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 You come to Real Nerds Podcast for movie trivia. I got it in spades. Uh, we also talk about what movies we've been watching, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and movie news. And we also talk about movies that have barn racing sequences in them. Yes. Yes, yes and, you know, the Witness. Amish, they, get, they, need their, they need their props. Um, we also see a new movie every week, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Brightburn. Brightburn. Um, so stay tuned to the end of the show where we will tell you if you should see the film or not. Play the trailer. And Booksmart. And Booksmart. Are we going to do I a... I saw Booksmart, right? I, saw, I didn't see Book, Brightburn, but I saw Booksmart. So we're going to do, yeah. do a double feature this week. That's cool. We haven't so, done the one that was in a while. Yeah, yeah, so Booksmart and Brightburn. Uh, nice. Two very different films. And uh, so uh, <laughs> stay tuned for that. What was that one part in the movie where Brightburn had to get his uh, get to his high school graduation on time? So, yes. You know, it's, a, it's a scene not many people noticed in Brightburn, but it's there. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off the show how I like to start it off every week. Going around town with my buddy Brad in his sidecar that is attached to his moped. You can ride with wait, Brad wait. in a sidecar. Who's driving the, the motorcycle? Oh, you're in the sidecar. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> you can ride in a sidecar with Brad's on his moped. Go into the drive-in, getting some jujubes.
Hey film buddies, follow me around Denver. That's a really old candy. Yeah, do they have that anymore? Nope. And, it, and it makes you feel like Getting your teeth are going to be pulled out. Junior Mincer, you look deep in Brad's eyes, and you notice that Tony Stark is on the screen. And he's dead. And he's dead. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Hashtag RIP. <laughs> it's been a month. Yeah. Five weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's only 100 away. Yeah, it's not going to make it. Make I still it. think I think it's bullshit. Like, I was looking at um, the foreign totals. I think the totals for Avatar are bullshit. Because Endgame made $400 million more dollars in China. so And it didn't catch up to anywhere else. Like, in Japan... Endgame hasn't made as much as Avatar by like forty million. I'm pretty sure Avatar's lying somewhere. I, like I felt like how Titanic is lying. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, it doesn't make sense to me. I think it will eventually cross it. Do you like, think? But I think it'll be like barely. Like because I think it made like what twenty million this weekend. I think fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. But that if was we, well, twenty so. with Monday's grosses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you like, if you if if you like, kind of just like look at the following weekends. As long as it keeps making like five million for a while. We'll get there eventually. I hope. Well, it only made like fifteen million from international markets last week. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. We'll I see. think it's going to have longer legs than we um, than we'd think it would have. Brian, just ask it a couple more times. I, I don't know because so next week there's three movies being released. The week after is two movies nationwide. Yeah, I think eventually it's just. I think if it came out during Christmas time, it probably would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there would have been nothing else to yeah. put up against. Yeah, I think like if it's not at. Because it's like a 2.78 is what needs to pass, yeah. right? Yeah. If it's not at 2.5... I mean, it needs 100 more. So if, if it's not at like 50 million away by Spider-Man, then it's done. Mm. But I think it could do it, I just think. I hope it does. Yeah. Anyways, Brad, what's happening around town? Go see Endgame. Uh, you can't watch Endgame at the drive-in anymore. It's now... The lineup is Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and The Hustle. Oh. Yeah. So... A little more kid friendly, yeah, yeah. Fun little lineup there. Uh, give them some time at the, at the drive-in. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Then cool. everything else to look forward to this week is a Denver Pop Culture Con. So, yeah, excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Esquire yeah. Still, still shut down. Huh? Esquire still shut down. Yeah. Uh, the Cherry Creek is open again though at the yeah. dining theater. So yeah, I used um, to I used to work there, so you can go check that out and see how much it's changed. Ask uh, for Zach when you go. <laughs> and, and they'll <laughs> say who? <laughs> yeah, Esquire still haven't heard any updates. Kind of spooky. spooky. Oh, they'll figure it out. But, uh, Maybe the mob runs it now. Oh, shit. But at Denver Pop Culture Con, like... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I want to spend like 180 bucks, I think, to get a photo with Tom Wilson, Christopher Lloyd, and the DeLorean together. It's 108. Do you get a signature as well? No. I think it's just the photo op. It's 180. I think so. Maybe it's just 80. I say that's a really. Ex- Jason Momoa is like a hundred dollars. Yeah, but he's also not like 80 years old. So there's like more yeah. opportunities I mean, to well, see him. <laughs> when I got Stan Lee, his a hundred dollars for his autograph. And you think Christopher yeah, Lloyd charges more? Yeah, he's not. He didn't create Marvel, so. Mm. No. Well, <laughs> you know what, Brad? What I always say is, um, what you guys said to me is, are you ever going to see him again? And then, you know, I was that's like, that's why I'm only considering it. Because, yeah. like, you know, how many more chances? Because, you know, you guys talked me into Stanley. I'm like, I'm getting, spending 100 bucks for this autograph. And then he told me, thanks for being a true believer. And he died two years later. So maybe I'll just bring $200 cash on me so I can decide at the last minute. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
So like, well, it's already out of the account. <laughs> if you see me walk around the con, just know that I have two hundred dollars in cash <laughs> in my pocket. Well, actually, um, stop by our booth, buy our merchandise, so Brad can just use that money. <laughs> Please fund my thing, <laughs> so he can go over there and pay for it. I don't want to reimburse myself for the the cost of the product. I just want to get a photo with Christopher Lloyd. God, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be genius to mug everyone at Comic Con. <laughs> There's so much money, cash, just handing out there. Well, if we if we sell all the 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 glasses, I mean, you should make money off of that right you'd think <laughs> well there's six something each shut up <laughs> don't tell them to actually people know them. people but people know we have to they are beep much amount people know that we have to you know i'm just following the alamo draft house cost model yeah <laughs> i don't know how much they probably you know they get they get to, they can order thousands of them so i'm sure their cost per glass is way cheaper than ours like we yeah. only have 48 so well you're supporting a local independent podcast that. Yeah, you can cover our internet costs. Yeah, our internet costs and our domain. Our glasses are homegrown. Yes. <laughs> so each one is made by hand, sand melted, shaped in our hands. It's okay, Brad. Everybody knows we. It's it's like American Pickers. Each logo. If I pick something for five dollars, I know I'm going to sell it for ten because I need to make money off of it. Each logo is meticulously painted by hand. <laughs> yes. This is too hard. I'm just going to take a by cardboard. my son. I'm just going to take a cardboard sign, stand outside the con, and say "Need food for podcast," and then that, the money will lo- roll in, guys. With a paintbrush made from true stallion horsehair. Yes, stallion. What kind of stallion? <laughs> uh, the best stallion. <laughs> I don't know any horse breeds. The black stallion. <laughs> um, Clydesdale. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's one. There we go. That's the one I know. So I think it's the most luxurious horse hair. You know, there's horse people like there's movie people. You notice that? That if people like horses, they really like horses. My sister's one of them. What yeah. The real yeah. Horse Does she podcast. own horses? She did for, so, for a hot minute. Okay, she so was, let me ask you a question, Zach. Yeah, Why sure. do people like horses? From for my sister, I think it was just like a nice confidence builder because she did English bareback. Um and she did it for years. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she likes that English bareback, does she? Here's the thing: Mus- horses are very muscular. Horses mm-hmm. also have giant cocks, so that's why Zach's sister I really think likes a it. Subliminal oh, thing going on. I'm so, so happy my sister doesn't. Let's let's to make this Zach show. more uncomfortable on this podcast. Uh, so Zach, what is it about horses that your sister likes? She just the, like, she the like, muscles or the big throbbing cock. <laughs> Sorry, James' say, mom. I'm, I'm giggity. <laughs> giggity, giggity. Oh my god, giggity. we not only offended my sister, we offended James' mom in one sentence. Bam, that's a two. You know what? And I haven't done a horse raping joke yeah, in a, a really long time. time. No wonder our numbers are down. <laughs> yeah, damn. You know what it's gonna say in the Wikipedia page for Real Nerds podcast is like known for movie reviews and horse cock jokes. Yes. Yeah. It, We're back, be, boys. Can, can <laughs> horse cock Johnson. <laughs> so, yep. That derailed it. Hey, yeah. Corinne watched a classic movie this week. <laughs> oh, this is God. catching the classics with Corinne. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 20.4 of Catching the Classics, which is actually part four of Catching the Miyazaki Classics, where I'm going through all 11 of the films directed by Hayao Miyazaki. This week, I'm going to be talking about Spirited Away, which is one of the Miyazaki films I had seen previously, but it had been a while um, I think I watched it when I was in college as part of an Eastern religion or Eastern civilization class, and we did watch the Japanese dub. I feel like we had some kind of a long discussion about, oh, let's watch it in Japanese. No, we should watch it in English. No, we should watch it in Japanese. So I think we ended up watching the Japanese dub, or sorry, um, the Japanese 
um, voice um, version. So, yeah. Um, so this is the film, I believe it was 2002, that won for Best Animated Picture. I think it's one of the only Miyazaki movies that's won anything at the Oscars. So it's, um, this is such a difficult film to talk about because I, I remember hearing a lot of things about it when I was growing up and it just has such a hype to it. Um, partly I think because it won for best animated picture and also because people consider it the best of Hayao Miyazaki's movies. And, um, I don't know if I would say it's the best, it's, it's definitely in the, upper tier of his movies that I've seen and I think I'm only missing two right now that I've never seen yet but I'll watch for the series um so all right let me just give you a quick synopsis minor spoilers ahead so Spirited Away is about a girl Chihiro and her parents are moving to this new town and while they're driving into this town they get sidetracked and they wind up at this abandoned amusement park and they're looking around, and Chihiro is very um, scared and kind of cowardly, and she's like, she doesn't want to be there, she wants to go back, and the parents are like, don't be such a scaredy cat, like, come on, it'll be fine, and um, her parents start eating this food, and before you know it, like, Chihiro starts seeing all these, like, weird, like, shadowy-looking spirits walking around, and she's like, wait, what's going on? And so she goes back, and her parents have turned into pigs, and so she finds out she's somehow crossed over into the world of the spirits and she hangs out there she ends up getting a job at this bathhouse for the spirits they come in and um take baths you know it's it's like a japanese bathhouse which is basically kind of like a spa or at least that's what it seems like from the way they portray it i mean there's a little bit differences to it but it's kind of like a spa sort of thing um but yeah, so that's that's basically the story is that Chihiro is trying to figure out how to save her parents from being pigs and get back to the human world. And she's got allies that and friends that she makes along the way. Um I I guess I remember watching it and I went for the first time back in college and thinking like this is a good movie, but I guess I didn't really get where the hype was coming from. Like, why do people think this is the best Miyazaki movie? Like, why do people love it so much? Like, it's a great film, but, like, everybody acts like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And, again, it's a great movie. Um, and I think I appreciated it more this time around because, I don't know, maybe I had, like, lowered my expectations or something. But I just, I was not... Um, I don't know. I, I had a lot more fun with it, and, and I just saw, like, how well-made this film is. It just puts you right into the um, the story. Like, there's very little time with setup. There's very little time with, like, character introductions or anything. Like, you, you, you know, it's like the whole first sequence is Chihiro and her parents driving into the town. Like... You don't see her move away. You don't, you know, it's, it's succinct, very succinct. And it's almost self-contained in that way because you see them driving into town, they go to the amusement park, and then they 
seemingly stay there the whole time in this, I mean, on the spirit world side of it, but, and then when they leave, um, spoilers, at the end when they get out, um, and they leave the amusement park, and that's the last we see of them, is them driving away. So, yeah, we don't get to see anything in Chihiro's life before, we don't get to see anything in her life after, it's all kind of self-contained within this little adventure that she goes on, and it's, Again, it's a really well-made film. It has a great message, and I think you you really do see Chihiro's transformation. The end is very good in showing you the difference between how she was so scared the first time, and then when she's leaving at the end with her parents, she's not afraid anymore. Like she's already faced so many different challenges and obstacles that um, she's had to overcome, and she's. maybe not a different person, but she's definitely grown and matured because she's had to face those obstacles pretty much on her own and, uh, and overcome them. So I, two things I want to say, um, number one, I feel like the animation was a little bit different in this movie. That's one thing I do. I, I love the Hayao Miyazaki movies. I love Studio Ghibli films. I think if I had one criticism of them, it's that the animation always looks too similar. And I know that that's just the style, but I mean, you look at the Disney movies and the style across Disney movies, even if you just narrowed it down to a time frame within 10 years, you know, they, yes, there are some things that look similar, but typically there are enough differences where you can tell like each film has like a distinct look an animation feel to it, whereas each of these um, Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli films feel very similar, and they, the people look very similar, and the, the world looks very similar. And um, but for this reason, or for for some reason, I don't know. It just it was, you know, very Studio Ghibli. But I think there was just something about the way it was done that it it felt a little bit different, not too much, but enough that, I don't know, like the people looked a little bit different. The world was, I think it was maybe more because it's on like the quote spiritual side of it where it's like spirits and monsters and demons and magic and things like that versus flying and crystals and um, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's... I I just felt like things moved a little bit differently, looked a little bit differently, so I appreciated that. Um, Number two, the voice cast for this movie is absolutely tremendous. Um, I looked them up earlier, and I recognize some of the voices. Um, The lady who plays Lynn, which is one of Chihiro's um, friends that she makes in the spirit world, is Susan Egan, who plays um, Meg... Meg in Hercules, who is also in Porco Rosso. She plays Porco's love interest, Gina. And Jason Marsden, who I'm like, I don't recognize the name, but the voice, I was like, yeah, I definitely know that voice. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, But I think the thing he might be the most well-known for is Max from a Goofy movie. And it looks like they got an actual, like, young girl to voice Chihiro. Um, 
she's obviously older now because the movie came out in 2002, but she probably would have been like eight, nine, or ten about the time it came out. So that's good. Um, sometimes, I, as I said, with Castle in the Sky, you know, sometimes it's really annoying when you have grown adults voicing, you know, these roles that are supposed to be, you know, kids who are 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, I think the MVP of the cast has to be Suzanne Pleshett. I, I think that's how you say her name, but she plays um, two twin sisters, Yubaba, who's Chihiro's employer in the spirit world, who's this very kind of grouchy old witch, and you, you know, you don't want to be on her bad side. And then Yubaba's twin sister, Zaniba, who's the complete opposite. She's like so nice, and she's like, Chihiro, you can call me Granny, and you're just like, oh, Zaniba, like she's just so cute. And they look identical, but it's so nice that she does a great job of getting across their different personalities just through her voice performance. And so props to her, props to everybody from this voice cast. They just, tremendous job. So I wouldn't say Spirited Away is my favorite Miyazaki movie, but I definitely understand why it gets the hype that it does. Whereas, like I said, when I watched it the first time in college, it just didn't really click with me, I guess, that I was just, I was like, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? It's, it's, a, it's a fine movie. But now I'm like, I kind of, I kind of get why people love this movie so much. It is, it's really good and it's really well done. It's fun. It's got great messages. Um, it's got very, interesting um, visuals and a very compelling and, and succinct, succinct story. So I, I would check it out. If you've never seen any of Miyazaki's movies, I would say this is one of the first ones you should see because it is good. So I'm going to give um, Spirited Away, I'm going to give it an A. Again, not my favorite, and I don't know if I would say it's his best one, but it's definitely up there. I, I'd say it's maybe his second best film that I've seen, and it might be my third favorite, maybe my fourth. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah, probably my, my third. So, sorry, I always rant on these things, and I apologize, but. Hope you all had fun at your movie this week, and I will talk to you next time when I review Princess Mononoke. Yeah, that's one of the ones I own, so that'll be a little bit switching it up. Okay, talk to you all soon. Bye. So if you don't know, Corinne is now an actual official contributor to On Real Nerds Podcast. You can see uh, articles she's been writing about the blacklist. Still don't understand the show. She's been writing, I think, five, six articles on it. And I read it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I hate this fucking show and I've never seen it. Um, and don't worry about rambling, Corinne, because we have Zach on our show. So we are used to ramblers. I'm the original rambler. And listen, there's a lot of con news coming up, so that you're going to get to hear me ramble about that for a little bit. Exactly. So it's been great. So that's it's if all right. I put it in the news You know what? So. If you ramble about something you're passionate about, it's okay. I have no problem with it. It's insightful. And it reminds me that I haven't seen Spirited Away in 16 years. So, um, I, I, I've, I haven't watched it recently, but my, my mom took me and my sister to see it in the theater after it won the Oscar. Because there's a horse, right? <laughs> 
It's yes. so good. I'm my pretty sp- sure that's that movie does involve a relationship between a girl and a dragon. So yeah, yeah, but mm, any, horse. No, but anyway, no. But it's anyway. a horse with wings. Yeah, we a scaly we, horse. We yeah. we like we like the movie as a family, despite there not being. Or is it the Pete Dragon dragon that was like Harry? Mm, that's a good point. See? That's a good point. You're all wonderful. That's people. kind of clo- that, <laughs> no. that is closer to a horse. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. See now you do, you're picking up what I'm putting down. So anyway, spirit away. <laughs> Spirited away. Thanks, Corinne. We uh, appreciate you contributing uh, vocally and wordly. Literally? Yep. Oh, literally? Oh, hey, it's a yeah. fun, fun pun I made. Yeah. <laughs> say, could be say a synonym. Boys, it's a sim- rit- synonym. <laughs> yeah. S- synonym. Literarily? Literarily? Cinnamon buns. <laughs> I don't know. Word, I'm a god. I'm really? stupid. Um, I graduate next year. I should know better. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, boss. You speak English good, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been gone for two weeks. I hate when I miss two weeks in a row. You got a lot to talk about. I know. I know. I just, you know, when I miss two weeks in a row, the show lags. I mean, someone sent a thing that they feel like I'm the soul of the show. And, <laughs> you know, I kind of believe that. You need me to pick you up. <laughs> Love lift us up where we belong. Should we read that thing about what someone listened to the show and <laughs> you, thought you... our voices matched to who? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are we supposed to share that? Did I thought ma- it was funny. It's funny. But is that something we should share without someone's prior knowledge? Maybe not. Yeah. Well, Damn it. you know what, Corinne, ask your friend if we can share what he thought, who was who on it. And, um, yeah. Listen next week, I Listen guess. Listen next week. I mean, I'll be honest. When I started listening before I was even on or whatever, because um, it was just like the drawing of the three of you, mm-hmm. I thought that James's voice belonged to Brad's body and Brad's voice belonged to James's body. That's <laughs> what this person said. That's Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. But I'm always so unique. Everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, I, I was stopped at you know the Nintendo quiz and said I'm a huge fan, I'm, and he just recognized my voice, and I said perfect. You know, with your singing voice, you are the Joe Cocker of podcasting. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Not if I have to hear Yotama BN one more time, I'm gonna burn this place to the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe one of my favorite lines ever in a movie, delivered by Paul Rudd, forty year old virgin. Ha ha! It's a great movie. It's it is Michael McDonald that Joe Cocker. It is right? yeah. Mike, Michael McDonald. <laughs> yeah, but same thing. They both sing like this year. Hey, movie news happened this week in a segment we call Real News. It's Real News. See, a movie reel is spelled R-E-E-L. So when we say Real News, it's R-E-E-L. It's kind of like MTV News in the 90s, and you had to find out if Courtney Cox was still dating... um, some guy when she was on Friends. A horse. Yes. <laughs> you know, I bet no one's ever like used real to mean real. Probably not. For any kind of topic. Probably ever. not. We're probably the first. Yeah. And the greatest. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, we were able to overcome the one dude who told us how stupid we were at Mile High Horror Fest eight years ago. So we've been, you know, we've been able to endure. We took it back. It's ours. Yep. We took it back. I like that. <laughs> Seven years later, he's just like, oh, man. Like uh, the Bare Naked Ladies song, We Took the Night. Yes. It's a great song. It's off their latest album, Fake Nudes. You should check it out. Nice. Came out last year. Uh, I think uh, Friday they're releasing an acoustic version of that album. Cool. cool. Well, yep. anyway. There's some movie, music <laughs> movie news, news yeah. for you. Um, we've got uh, some trailers and teasers. Um, really, the big one's probably Terminator Dark Fate. Yep. Um, I like the part where the Terminators came up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brad really liked the part when the logo came up. Uh, yeah, but 
it's a teaser trailer, really so they really can't. Yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. I kind of, I mean, like, it looked pretty. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool to see Sarah Connor back. Ar- Arnold looks like he's hanging out in the cabin, so but he's, he's probably been... teaming up with Dexter from the series finale of Dexter. So. Yeah. But even if you're teasing it, you should show something that like shows that it's different and new and mm-hmm. i felt like i was watching salvation and genesis as a single movie <laughs> it it seems yeah. like this is connected to genesis even though they're trying to say it's something completely different but maybe it's i heard me. it's a direct sequel to t2 they're ignoring terminator 3 and everything oh yeah because i remember in terminator 3 sarah connor is dead right so i think terminator 3 is pretty good too yeah i mean it's fine it's 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 a movie um but yeah, no, I mean, it looked fun. I liked watching Linda Hamilton do things. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So, um, but then uh, we also got a teaser for Star Trek Picard, um, the uh, CBS All Access show, which... Meh. <laughs> we How get, dare you? We get it. You're not cool enough to like Trek. We get it. I like um, the movies. <laughs> My favorite is number five. Does this one have Benedict Cumberbatch in it? <laughs> no, 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 no! You're thinking of Into Darkness, which is a uh, which then inspired uh, the film Wrath of Khan. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch always looks like he's allergic to shrimp. <laughs> I heard he looks like an otter. <laughs> it's a great insult, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you look like you're allergic to shrimp. <laughs> you know what? If they ever decide to roast Cumberbatch, we're calling you. <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> but um it wasn't much of a teaser though it was re- well it was a teaser really in the biggest sense of the word but it just it just shows footage of going through the vineyard the picard vineyard and i don't remember what happens to picard at the end of his run star trek uh doesn't I, he die no at the i guess the real last would be nemesis no all good things because it shows him in the vineyard when he's retired right um, Nemesis is just kind of like, well, a bunch of my crewmen left to go do their own things, and I'm still on the Enterprise. Yeah. Um, but well, all good things shows his retirement, which is him coming out of retirement. So does Nemesis take place before? This? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But also, like all good things, is kind of a Q, ins- like a Q instigated mystery. Yeah. So his future could also not even be that. Right. Sister, like this. It- I mean, if it's if it's anything, it's probably going to continue off of that and ignore the movies for the most part. But yeah, who knows? But um, the premise is he was an admiral, and then he stopped being an admiral in Starfleet, and we're going to find out why. Yeah, and then mm. they're going to need him back for. Something. Are you not excited for the show, Brad? It seems I'm, like it'd be something you'd like. I, I, uh, it's 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 such a risky thing to do, and also for years they're talking about doing a Captain Worf mo- uh, series. Hashtag we want Worf. So I, I, I bet Michael Dorn's probably a little annoyed right now mm. that they're not. T- but also, it's the first Star Trek series to focus on a single character. Hmm. Like, I thought the, the title Star Trek Picard was kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, and is this going to be just, a, like, a miniseries, or are they hoping to stretch it into... Well, like, I think Discovery is, like, 15 episodes max, 12 maybe. So I think it's probably the same thing, where it's a short... It's a short season that they can hopefully keep doing, so... I mean, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it at some point, but, like... There's enough content on CBSL Access at that point that I'll probably give them a try, but I really don't like the idea of paying for ads to stream something that's costing me money on top of that. So I mean, he probably stopped because he's old. That's why most people retire. <laughs> Listen, I'm fucking tired. Can you please just let me sit and drink wine in peace? That's not a very good Picard. I don't care. Work on it. I don't care. Also, you don't watch the show that often, so how do you know? <laughs> I know Patrick Stewart. I've watched X-Men. <laughs> One and two. <laughs> uh, and, and Logan. Stand, and Logan. And then Logan, yeah. 
And I'm sure Days, you've watched other Patrick Stewart He was in Days things. of Future Past. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Masterminds? Oh, yeah. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Patrick Stewart in lots of things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're going to get those things. Um, he was in um, The Kid Who'd Be King. That mm-hmm. is true. That's right. I want to watch that. Stroke Cornish. He's really good in that. Stroke Cornish, right? Director? It is. All right, cool. Right on. You should see it. It's a good movie. Sweet. Robin Hood Men in Tights? He is Robin <laughs> Hood Men in Tights. It's good to be the king. Yeah. <laughs> From um, this day forth, there'll be <laughs> toilets we known as Green Room. John's. <laughs> green Room. That's green right. Room. He's, He's great, great in Green oh, Room. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Scary in Green Room. Um, but uh, remember a trailer for Sonic that came out a couple weeks ago? No. And then they said they hated it so much they're going to change the look of Sonic the Hedgehog? What? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently now that change is going to take so long that they're pushing the movie back to 2020. So I didn't know Ben Schwartz was the voice of Sonic. That kind of makes me want to see it. I know. Because he, I want him to go, I'm fast as hell, <laughs> as he's running. <laughs> I would put that in the movie if the tra- just because if, it'd if, be awesome. If the trailer's any indication, I don't think he's going to be S doing to any- the O to the N, I see I know I'm the fastest blue hedgehog in all of San Francisco <laughs> City. <laughs> I mean, you and I want the same things here. I don't think we're going to get it, sadly, but I know. it's a good idea. Jaboy's uh, question on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see what they uh, end up doing with the Sonic movie when it comes out in 2020. Hopefully they can also make any other corrections. I mean, it's weird that they're moving it that far because it kind of eliminates its chance of being an Oscar film. Uh, <laughs> it does. Oh yeah, Oscar movies don't come out in March or April So or do you think like they're that. just going to make him look like a cartoon Sonic from the game? I thought they said they were just removing the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking his teeth out. Yeah, he gotta fix his eyes though. Yeah, it just looks it, it looks weird. Yeah. Like, his body looks weird too. Like I think I they know. can leave the fur. I think it's just they need to shape the eyes more yeah, traditional it just and looks take weird. out his teeth. Yeah, yeah, it just looks weird. The behind the scenes photo of that is just them knocking out his teeth with a baseball bat. <laughs> I saw a trailer for that before. Booksmart? For, no. uh, is Sonic in front of Booksmart? When did I I saw it this week? Brightburn? Was it's it Brightburn? It's horrifying. <laughs> What did I see this week? James Gunn's produced. Aladdin oh no, I saw it before. I think I saw it before John Wick. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I think I saw it before John Wick. <laughs> Interesting choices. Sorry to bring up my activity on Letterboxd. I've seen I mean, a lot of movies. Before, the problem, you watch, before you watch people get hatchets in the face, watch this fun, delightful trailer for a child's movie. I mean, the problem with that movie though is that it's not what he looks like; it's everything else. Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's it, yeah. Looks because, like they're just driving through Alabama. Yeah, and they're and they're trying really hard. Say, oh, we got Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey hasn't been funny yeah. since Ace Ventura. So. Well, I can probably guarantee you that Sonic the actual Hedgehog will appear in probably twenty five percent or less of the film because like they're probably just going to like wait, figure out a way to not animate him. Most part, mm. that's why he's in the bag for like that one scene. Yeah, uh, and so they're just going to like they're just going to work around so it's just James Marston being the hero taking out Eggman, and so. Yeah. Um, also, he was good in Burt Runderstone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not the most important part of the film. Yeah, that's, that's probably why he's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So um, uh, a Rambo Five trailer leaked also. Um, but it was taken off qu- uh, quickly. Did you guys catch it? Well, you're not. You no. shouldn't support it because it's not the official release, Zach. Oh, shut up. You should support the artists. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know why you 
Sure, in my trailer, that's not beneficially erased, you know. Because I because I need to be convinced. That would be I don't blood, you know. Need, because I don't know if we need a Rambo Five, and I need to be convinced, Mister Stallone. Um, there needs to be a Rambo Five. It looks. Do you remember fun. in Rambo Four when he jumped up on the back of the jeep and annihilated that dude with the Gatling gun? I I need to see that again. I don't because I haven't seen that movie in a while. So well, I, I think you're clearly forgetting the end of Rambo Four, where he's like, "You should see me again in Rambo Five coming out <laughs> in 2019." <laughs> You know, they might have drawn first blood, but I'm going to draw last blood. And then you can see me in Creed 3. I actually think that's Creed a badass title, too. <laughs> well, well, the Rambo, with, the last blood. The problem with it is that that badass. has to be the last one. Like, they can't go. They yeah. can't be like, the second no, last no, blood. No, because they have the first blood part, too. It can be the last blood part, too. You're right, Wills, I think. <laughs> the, so, la- the, the, la- the lastest Look, blood. <laughs> I am pretty much on a roll when it comes to movie titles. Yeah. You see, this is why you work as an executive producer, and I don't. So that is true. We your your title for the Collector Three is the actual title. Yeah, so. I did say that a week before the film came out. Yeah. Once again, proving that Lionsgate Films listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if they're listening to it, please release some of your back catalog to Scream Factory. Um, <laughs> they're not going to listen to you. They'll only listen to Ryan. Yeah. Uh, please release some of your back catalog. <laughs> I think Lionsgate does on the Rambo stuff. They do. See. I told mm. him it's a great idea. It's all connected. Yep. I want to see more people get bombed and killed running through a rice paddy. That's what I want to see in my life. And I want Rambo to go, you go there, you'll die. I want to see that stuff. I want to see Rambo kill people. Um, you going there to change things? You're changing nothing. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to watch Rambo fucking tonight. Uh, what? Re- what? <laughs> yeah. You want to watch Rambo? Well, you do have the Italian Stallion uh, DVD, so... Sylvester Stallone starring in Call Me By Your Name too. <laughs> oh my god, Sylvester Stallone and Call Me By Your Name would be amazing. Uh, no, but the reason I bring that up is because he has an idea for another Rocky movie. Nice. To which I said, wait a minute. Let's think about this because we have Creed 1 and 2 and I think we're doing okay. But is, this is idea for it. Is I have a great idea for Rocky. He finds this fella in the country illegally and it becomes a whole thing. It's like the magician who lost his tricks. You've seen everything, but what can't be? Di- but what can be different? Throw him out of the country; he's in another world. You can't say and it's the whole thing when you describe a <laughs> fucking plot. Like, like, see, like, see, here's the thing: you don't realize with Stallone, it's not the words he's saying; it's how he says them. It's all you know, thing. The, you know, this guy Luke Skywalker goes up to a planet, and you know, it's a whole thing, and that's and that's a new hope. <laughs> you know, Indiana Jones; he goes looking for that ark, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> You know what people are tired of in Rocky? Boxing. Let's make a <laughs> statement about immigration. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Whatever's clever for people, I guess. Who should make the statement on immigration? Who would be the perfect nuanced voice for immigration? I know, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Because, <laughs> you know, when you build the wall, people have to climb it. <laughs> you find out about yourself. <laughs> um, what about our emails? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Taika Waititi is doing an Akira movie and I guess I got a release date so it's going to be coming out in 2021 Brad you excited? wait what? Uh, Taika Waititi is doing an Akira movie he's, sweet I mean it seems like a weird choice to do it but I mean sure whatever uh, knowing what like how he honored uh, Jack Kirby with the production design in yeah. Ragnarok I think he would be a great choice to honor the source material. If they also it. hired the same guy who did the production design for Ragnarok. And then of course, when film, so. they just say, Akira, and then he can have some New Zealand character go, yeah, mate, we know who you are. Yeah. You said it a few times. <laughs> Gonna need you to give me your bike there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking his bike. Oh, no. Your muscles are all growing. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back again. <laughs> 
Um, it's getting larger there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crush the entire city. Um, so, guys, we don't have to worry about Indiana Jones reboots because Harrison Ford says uh, Indiana Jones dies with him. Nice. Uh, in a quote, uh, he said, Nobody is going to be Indiana Jones. Don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. So so he runs Paramount now? He gets to make those decisions? <laughs> yeah, he did it after he crashed a plane into their studio. <laughs> he just offered to buy the whole thing to like him forget it. Um, I'm pretty sure once Lucas, once he, him, and Spielberg are gone, Paramount's going to start making some Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucas isn't going to die, so he'll still have some input somehow. It's it's like the Saw movies. He'll have like letters placed all over the city of Los Angeles <laughs> so that they'll pick him up and get new ideas for new Indiana Jones movies throughout the rest of history. Okay. <laughs> all right. And we're moving I, I on. I like this idea for Saw for the Saw remake with Chris Rock. Um Chris for Ro- that last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I, I would love to know your thought on that, the Chris Rock Saw remake or reimagining <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, they've been making Saw movies for forever yeah and i would say 10 percent of them i are do good, like that so. if i mean because you know uh danny mcbride kind of brought his forefront if you like something and you're famous enough just make it yeah. who cares we should start our own horror franchise called screw <laughs> yes oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> done what what the plot? screw just a lot of like torture if, porn but with screwdrivers oh, i was thinking it's the done. plot of teeth but instead of like teeth in your vagina your dick is a screwdriver oh hmm oh. <laughs> All his mutilated vaginas. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie's got a new ti- got a title. It's called Tenant, and they released the cast. It looks like Kenneth Branagh is coming back, along with Elizabeth Debicki, John Wa- John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Michael Caine. So it'll be fun. What's Robert Pattinson going to be in that everyone's all? <laughs> The Wait, Lighthouse? Why the Lighthouse, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Don't worry. Why are people so mad about Batman casting all the time? You know, they, because they, he's a precious character. You, you know that no one says anything when it's Spider-Man. You've you noticed that because they pick people who people can see being Spider-Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you not like Robert Panson as? I just think like, did you listen to the last week's episode? Uh, no, I've uh, been working. I was just tired of you know with all the actors that are available out there. Like they keep picking people who are so controversial. So who would you pick to be Batman? Uh, Me. Yeah, Henry. <laughs> He's yeah, he's about the right age. I think I could do it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get a few movies, like ten yeah. years worth of movies out of you. I think so. Um actually like I didn't have a specific preference. I was just uh if I did have to pick something, I thought um what's his name? Uh played the Lone Ranger. Army, oh, Army Hammer. Hammer. Army Hammer. That's stupid. Um, he was already cast as it and the movie got cancelled. Yeah, mm-hmm. just League Mortal. But um overall it's like I, an unknown would be good. Like, because Christian Bale when he got picked, like he's the most recent one that hasn't been controversial. But he was relatively unknown because I think his biggest claim to fame was American Psycho before Newsies? Batman Begins. Or The Machinist, too. Or he was just uh, I, w- I would not that. call The Machinist a claim to fame for <laughs> him. <laughs> Actually, no, no, I'm sorry. I've been getting mixed up because he was doing – he did The Machinist and then right afterwards he had to bulk up for Batman. So Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, Machinist wasn't, like, a well-known – like. Do you think they purposely choose controversial people? Or they just choose a the person they think will – be the best actor i have to think if it's matt reeves he's choosing the person he thinks is best i think it's controversial i think it's a free news story that gets the name out for hype i, I think it isn't just just because um like they've been through this so many times part of your thought process would be like okay let's pick someone who we're not going to get backlash about unless it is like hey we just want to generate buzz for this but yeah. that seems like a really like um short-sighted thing to do because in the long run, you're going to have to deliver that movie. To be fair, what in the DC movies so far have you thought have been good long-run ideas? <laughs> so, 
uh, well, the Nolan ones for you know the short no, I'm talking time about this. Gonna... I'm starting this new franchise we're in now. The Shazam, DC. Wonder Woman, and Shazam. That's true. Yeah. All right. Technically, Aquaman. I'll like, give you Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think Wonder, Wonder Woman's Woman. great. Yeah, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, like she was controversial at the time, but she proved herself. Uh, mm-hmm. Zachary Levi wasn't, but um, he fits that no part. Because no cares about Shazam until the movie came out. Because yeah. Shazam's not a big enough character. It's it, you can you can fly under the radar if it's the character isn't as big. I mean, I mean, ten years ago, Iron Man was a C level Marvel character. I mean, mm-hmm. he's important. He's one of the first Avengers, but I mean, you. Danny if, Jr. like made that yeah. important. Yeah, I mean, but, or even look at uh, like Guardians. Like, oh, absolutely. And you know, if you go back, the it seems so weird now because you know RDJ is so big, but back then he had to. They had to beg the studio to let him be Tony yeah. Stark. Yeah, because Fabro had to fight for him. I mean, he was he was sober for I think five or six years after that, and he was slowly working his way back. Right, but like the Sundance scene, yeah. But, but there was and, and there wasn't even a guarantee that he'd be a box office draw. That was, so it was a gamble on a lot of aspects, not even just and, his sobriety. You know, he, he's Howard. lucky too because uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's kind of the, for, if you read that big picture book, they, he's kind of the thing that they kind of used as an insurance policy because like he was the bigger star out of anybody because Jeff Bridges wasn't even like into his like. Post, I would Oscar. say Gwyneth Paltrow was probably the yeah. biggest star in that. She film. is. She was but, the only Oscar winner. Well, and Terrence Howard, I think. Yeah, he's, he's won an Oscar, right? No, Terrence Howard hasn't won. But oh, like, okay. but Gwyneth Paltrow hadn't really been doing much up until Iron Man, and then she kind of came back, and now she's doing good things. Didn't she win an Oscar? She, for she, she did, Oscar but for between that. Shakespeare and Love and Iron Man, she wasn't doing much. I don't know. It so. sounds like Ryan knows what he's talking about. So in ten years, now I'm pretty sure she's still pretty popular. <laughs> mm. You did uh, just claim the machinist was a claim to fame for. <laughs> so what's, what's, that is true. Let's bring up her IMDb. I'm pretty sure she was pretty active after Shakespeare in Love. I mean, it's also if you want to look at Bounce. Talking. I think she made Bounce. Or she did make Bounce with Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors. Um, duets. Duets. How many of them were making hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office? No, she does. Nothing. She does. She doesn't make those kind of movies though. Yeah. Um, so what, what did you think it was sellable though? But anyway, I mean, she, I, she's just known because you can always put Oscar winner Gwyneth Paltrow on the poster. Yeah, that is true. And I guess you could put the big Lebowski's Jeff Bridges on the poster as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, they should have done that. <laughs> well, it's also, um, I mean, just looking, we're going to get an Eternals film next year. Like, and so Captain weird. Marvel's even become like so oddly a point of discussion with people now since the movie, like since the movie came out. Like nobody was talking about Captain Marvel prior to that movie coming out. No. I, I would say people were. Like, she, I, mean, she, I didn't she, see anything on so Facebook. So she uh, be, kind of became like a feminist like huge deal because she went from Ms. Marvel to yeah. Captain Marvel the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. Right. I would say like that transition is when she became uh, I mean it's her first appearance is the comic of mine that's worth the most money. Oh really? And that just happens to be uh, an Avenging Spider-Man number eight yeah. that I just got because it's Spider-Man and his print run was so low that it's selling on eBay for like nine hundred dollars. All my valuable comics are Captain, are Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel comics because yeah. I, I remember I got them. I think the first year we went to Comic Con, I was like, "These are gonna be worth a lot." Soon, some should stack up. Miss so. Marvel, love it. View from the top, Sylvia, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there it is. That's their her big hit. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the one that made tons I of money. Captain. Uh, Running with Scissors, which is a good movie, but it didn't make a lot of money. So, um, but yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, the last thing is we're getting a Quiet Place sequel two months earlier. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm. They can turn out horror films fast. I haven't gotten a plot synopsis Except for, for a fucking yet. Friday the Thirteenth. You know what's funny though? A year, like two years ago, we had a teaser trailer for it pretty, like pretty early for the first one because I think mm-hmm. they were putting it in festival still. For this one, we're probably not going to get a teaser until like oh, January. No, no, so. they'll, they'll, they'll probably release. It. They're not going to do festivals with this one because oh, it's yeah, no popular way. now. Oh yeah, so. it's already a guaranteed success. Are they calling it a Quiet Place Two or just a Quieter Place? 
Just as a quiet place, too. Or a quiet placer. <laughs> quiet place with a vengeance. This time, more place. Live People want place. Friday the 13th stuff so bad. There's this um, one that's like a crowdfunded like Revenge of Jason. I forget what it's called. And I was like, this looks pretty badass. And every time I see Jason moving those goes, I go, nope, don't like that. It's He has to be so unique. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Way off topic, but I just miss Jason. Um, he needs to be in like the big screen and have like a great actor like Derek Mears play him. That time will come up. I mean, with all the remakes running right now, I'm sure that I'm I, I'm going to put money down. Mm. I think we are going to get another Friday Thirteenth film before 2023. Oh, probably. They just got to work out their legal bullshit. Yeah, yeah with um, Victor Miller. Yep. Yeah, unless he dies. If he dies, then maybe it'll go back even faster. No, I don't want him to die. He's I, don't, I don't either. I, but... I, I like him. He, he did a really cool interview at the Alamo one time. Yeah. Um, but, but let's yeah. face facts. If he goes, we, yeah. it may get expedite the process. Um, Predicting uh, further, I think it's going to be someone's third or second film. Their first one will be a critical success, Indie Darling. Yeah. This will be their big, big blockbuster. It'll be at most 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it'll make a good amount of money. Yes, I love it. There you go. In 2023, look back at this podcast, and I oh, might owe someone some money. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Henry's an idiot. Well, do you see only... that Rotten Tomatoes now is making you verify you went to the movie before yeah. you can rate them? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. You have to buy it through Fandango, which you know Rotten Tomatoes owns, so <laughs> double win for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Last piece of like trivial news though, Coca Cola is bringing back new Coke. Which Brad, I heard you got us some new Coke. I did. We'll yeah. have a tasting party. Ooh, nice, sweet. Mm. Yeah. All in preparation for Stranger Things season three, which I'm excited for. I need to go I, back. I, and I like Stranger it. Things. Yeah. I, I'm. I like the show. I'm not as big into the hype as everybody else is, mm-hmm. but I think the show's really fun. Yeah. I was. Uh, I thought it was interesting to find out that Coke, the new Coke, was on shelves for three months mm-hmm. in '85. And then it got pulled, um, in the backlash because the backlash was so great. But I'm, I'm wagering that it tastes just the same. <laughs> what, when was it the, what was the backlash? What do people not like it? No, I heard it's spicier or something. Is it? Yeah. I, the I only thing I read was that people are just like the biggest thing was, you know, it, it was just like a knee jerk thing of like don't mess with my formula, which because like, they they were. I mean, a lot of stuff hasn't changed just yeah. because you know. Like to, to quote Garth Algar, we fear change. Yeah, but I couldn't find why they were changing the <laughs> you formula. Shock yourself, nice <laughs> pull. Because they'd already like because the original Coke was made with cocaine, but that was way early in its run. They changed it since then, so I don't know like what <laughs> changed Brad, it again. It was Brad, to that's do. why the that's why it cost twenty bucks to get it because it's now full of cocaine. <laughs> they put the Coke back in. <laughs> nice. Imagine they're like that. Was, the cocaine wasn't the old Coke. This is the new Coke. It has no cocaine and it has all meth. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe since it's eighty five, they put the cocaine back into it because you know Coke was really big in the eighties. That's probably mm-hmm. it. Done. And people complained. <laughs> that that was the deleted scene in American no, the made. I didn't see. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, they were undercutting the drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> It's a deleted scene from Blow, starring Johnny Depp. That's the plot of White Boy Rick, isn't it? <laughs> but stay tuned. We'll tell you how, uh, tell you about the Coke we did <laughs> in a few weeks. Coca-Cola! Um, but, uh, Henry, before we go with news, is there anything out of can you want to talk about? There is some can news. Ooh, fun. Talk about can. Uh, so, uh, the... If you can. Ha-ha! <laughs> good one. Can, um, can, can. You did it. The big controversy in con this year was uh, they gave the Lifetime Achievement Award to... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Alain Delon, um, who was a very famous actor, French actor. Uh, he was in uh, Purple Noon, a couple other stuff. Um, very, he's very good, very, great actor. 
unfortunately, they're giving him the Lifetime Achievement Award, and unfortunately, he had a history where he would, he would just go on interviews saying, you know, I just love to beat women. Mm. Uh, and so everyone was like, hey, let's not give him a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, to which uh, the creative director was like, no, we're going to do it anyway. So that was a big controversy. But anyway, here's the films that came out of it that are exciting. <laughs> Um, Way to start us so off. So, did I tell you that? Uh, so, I, my next binge is going to be Kate Blanchett. Oh, nice! And I'm really excited for it. However, I, I'm in a, I'm in a pickle mm-hmm. because she appears in a couple Woody Allen films. Yeah, and I, I really don't like Woody Allen. And um, so I don't know what to do. I can't do remember. I still see Blue Jasmine because she actually won an Academy Award for uh, that performance. I would also say, as someone who has seen that film, um, her performance isn't that great. I mean, I love Kate Blanchett. But, like, that performance isn't, like, it's not like a, oh, my fucking God kind of performance. <laughs> it's, so. it's one that I don't really understand. What can I say? I've seen all her films it. without seeing them. No, you gotta you, watch you can't. It. You have to see yeah, it. It sucks. It's about, I, it's about completism. So, yeah. that so I'm not going to stream it. I'm not going to buy it off Amazon new. I'm going to find it used because I don't want them getting any fucking money of mine. Should be pretty easy. It's I'm not sure as bad. The... As, I'm still going to boycott Polanski. It's not as bad as Polanski, right? No, yeah. He, yeah, Polanski just can't watch anymore. Yeah. That's okay. my rule. Just don't do a um, Christoph Waltz binge. <laughs> yeah. You're fucked there. <laughs> like, Is he or, in a lot of Polanski films? No, he's only in the one, Carnage. But Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. You can't finish the... Oh, yeah. So if you're in a Polanski film, I will never watch your film. I mean, you can go by my rule, which on Letterboxd, any Polanski film that was done after the incident, I automatically give one, a half star to. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. So I, I can do the same thing with Woody Allen. I haven't known Woody Allen because I, I watch his films and they naturally just usually get one star anyway. So, <laughs> so like, it's usually fine. But. I have not seen a Woody Allen. F- I actually seen only a few of them. The last Woody Allen film I saw was on TBS. It's called What's Up, Tiger Lily. <laughs> and uh, That was his first film. Yep. <laughs> so. That's the last one I saw. Then I was old enough to read about him. I'm like, this guy What's, is a weirdo. I can't remember the other Alan films she's in, but I mean, outside of those, you're pretty much like you're free on other ones. So yeah. like, you've got yeah. other things. You got some good movies ahead of you, though. Yeah, yeah, you do. But I guess all he really did was marry his stepdaughter. Well, it's like his, if you look at all the allegations. Daughter? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, there's other, but there's other things that he's done, too. But you should also, uh, you also get to rewatch The Gift, too, and oh, The Aviator. That is so. true. I haven't seen The Aviator. You haven't seen The Aviator? That's a good one. She's great as Kate Blanchett, or as um, Catherine She's, gr- she's really good as Kate Blanchett. Kate <laughs> Blanchett so. is great. No, I'm still, because I get to watch you know, Lord of the Rings and stuff again. Yeah, and yeah no, it's, it'll be fun. Extended yeah. or theatrical? Uh, extended. And okay. you get to watch the Ragnarok again. I do get to watch Benjamin that. Button. She gives me a boner um. in Ragnarok. God, I love her as Hela. <laughs> yep. I, I, I think Kate Blanchett is beautiful. Oh, she's great. Oh, boy. Yep, anyways. Anyway. And I just make sure I say boner as much as I can. Well, <laughs> Horse boner. There we go. Um, <laughs> anyway, other uh, con news: the uh, Parasite by uh, John Ho Bong won uh, the Best Picture award or the high- Palme d'Or, which is the highest award you can get. So that's first, nice. First time a Korean has ever won mm-hmm. that, which is a big deal. Um, for those who don't, he also did uh, uh, Okja, Okja, and Snowpiercer is the more famous one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made a couple other Korean films I'd recommend, but I'm going to watch them. Awesome. Who cares? Um, but yeah, Parasite came movie. out, so that's probably going to be a big one. Um, uh, What's his name? Tony Banderas won Best a- Best Actor. Uh, so he'll, and they're probably going to give a big push for that at the Oscar season. So. For Assassins 2? Yep, Assassins 2. Uh, it's actually a double feature of that and Desperado 2. Can you imagine so. if they made an Assassins 2 I would just him? make fun of Antonio Banderas because for his delivery, he's like in the back of a car, and I forget who the actor is. I don't know if it's Stallone or whoever, and he points a gun at him. He goes, bang, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's probably going to be a big Oscar film because it's made by uh, Pedro Alvadar, 
who is the Academy fucking loves, and this film is basically like another. Uh, what was the film that came out? Of, Roma. That I, Roma. Yeah. yeah, it's the basically the exact same film. It's so Al- people are going to be Roma. Yeah. yeah, everyone's going to be loving that one. Um, I like Almodovar when he works with Banderas, though. So yeah. The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers, who also did The Witch. That's his new film coming out that also has Robert Pattinson in it. Um, that film's apparently pretty good. And Willem Dafoe. I, I really like The Witch, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That one that's probably going to be a bigger... He, Robert Pattinson's a great actor. He oh, probably yeah. pull off any role. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you said you joke, but he's. I think he's, no, he's I'm really not, good. No, I'm not joking. Good, good time and high life. He, he's you, great. You enough. really got to get rid of like, the stigma of him being in Twilight. because no, well, I think you said that about both him and Kristen Stewart. I think they yeah. both really worked hard to get out of that. Oh, yeah. So. yeah they've and everybody's got to make a paycheck. No, yeah. I mean, that's why he can do freaking I mean, the movies yeah. that he's doing now. I mean, like, if I... You know how much money he probably fucking made on the, that franchise? Here's the thing. I'd do I, it, I've too. a hundred times. I would sell out so fast, it's not yeah. even fucking funny. <laughs> I'd, you know, cut my teeth, and it's like, oh, he's in cute independent films, and then I'd be in fucking Mr. Freeze and uh, yeah. something, some shitty DC movie, make a hundred million dollars, and i go back to doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And i got to go fuck themselves. George Clooney style. Yeah. Um, is the lighthouse a ghost? Is that what the premise is? Uh, do you want me to spoil the film? Because I have learned what the film's about. I'm probably not going to see it. Uh, it's apparent about how he, fi- how he finds and fucks a mermaid. So, yes. uh, mm. yeah. So is it... There's three actors in the a, entire film. What would you prefer? Those two and a mermaid. So. Okay. Wait, so is it... Female top or female bottom? Which is better? Apparently there is a very explicit scene where they show the female vagina. So. Human so... legs, fish body. Both. <laughs> <laughs> so, does is it Pattinson or Defoe that fucks the fish? I can't spoil that much. <laughs> I don't know. You know I'm, you're going to see it, Zach. So Willem Dafoe. back to formula. Back to back to this. Okay. Um, yeah, the only other stuff. Uh, Harry. <laughs> a portrait lady on fire got a lot of good reviews. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, maybe I'll write a art house asshole if I'm not super busy and have time. Probably not. Um, but that one, if that was a big one. It's also the first time a woman uh, director was part of the in competition. So I think that was a big deal. Like four, like eight of the films that were in competition were bought by Netflix. So if you want to see them, you'll probably see them pretty easily. Um, <laughs> the only other major thing that I thought was interesting that no one was talking about is how con works. Is uh, you can really only win one award. Uh, of like, it's like whatever. Damn it. It's like, and so it's like uh, whoever wins best actor, it's only going to get best actor. It's very difficult to get other awards as a way for them to be like, no, whoever wins this award really did a good job with this part. Uh, which which usually translates to everyone in competition getting an award. Uh, what's notable is that despite this, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood still walked away with absolutely nothing. And it's the only film that walked away with nothing. Mm-hmm. So because it's gonna walk away with money. <laughs> that the too. new trailer is amazing. Yeah, I mean, if I see Stuntman Mike in every movie, it'll be a great day. It's um, it, it looks good. I'm... Oh. That would be awesome if they <laughs> if backdoored Stuntman Mike into oh, that yeah. movie. Hell yeah. yeah, he looks like he looks like he'd be like I, I don't think that's what they're doing, but maybe. Uh, maybe they'll maybe, maybe it's stuntman with... Mark and it's stuntman Mike's dad. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because what when does um, Death Proof take place in the seventies? Right? No, it takes place in the modern era because they got cell phones in it. Does it? I don't. Jun- Jungle Julia has a cell phone and she keeps texting the guy that she that's oh, you're right. blowing you're right. her off. Okay, yeah. so it's two thousand seven and it's probably a fifty year old. Yeah, so stuntman Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea, Stuntman Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Stuntman Mark. <laughs> or, or he gets uh, Infinity Suit from the <gasps> Avengers, and he, <laughs> he's able to create two timelines. Stuntman Mike spoke with the Ancient One before going yeah. back to 1969. <laughs> and he becomes a planet. 
Stuntman oh, Mike. Shit. Oh, this is a secret Marvel movie. <laughs> he impregnates <laughs> Peter Quill's wife. <laughs> because they're in that fucking car, too. Oh, man. Once it's all a, connected. Once Upon a Time in the Galaxy, Volume 1. So that make him Peter Quill's brother. Yeah. Wow. Deep, man. Hashtag yeah. it's all connected. Go see Man, Kurt Russell guys. needs to be in more movies. Oh, he's he's, in, he's actually doing a decent efficient Oh, no, amount. he is. I'm just saying he needs to be in more. Oh, yeah. he should. Uh, did you see his Santa Claus movie on Netflix? I did. I'm probably the only one who did. <laughs> Still the greatest line deliver ever is in Death Proof. I'm sorry! <laughs> um, um, yeah. I'm excited for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's, so. If you look up, there are some really good interviews of, them, of him and the cast at, from Con that were really interesting. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That, too. And sometimes I think uh, that festival doesn't really like Hollywood stuff. No, yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that it does, didn't win anything. Uh, but, I mean... I mean, I guess it's a little surprising because it did get pretty good reviews out of Khan. Yeah, I say it um, read pretty well. And so it's a little surprising that they walked away with nothing, but it's not super surprising. So and uh, it's probably not three hours long in French. So do we? Get what well, is three hours long? We don't, so, like, of, we don't get a lot of return or repeat winners at Khan, do we? It's 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 very very rare. So, yeah. So that, I mean, because he's already won for Pulp Fiction and the Palme d'Or. So. And I'm pretty sure in the past, like uh, ever since ever since Pulp Fiction, only one American has ever won uh, the Palm. So yeah. So. Most Terrence Malick, which fucking obviously they were gonna fucking jerk off to that film. So he has a new film that also won stuff this year too. So have fun with he that. He shoots films very well. He, no, his films are gorgeous. Yeah, I will never watch them twice. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sober anyway. His films look very nice. So once they legalize mushrooms here, I'll load up all those. They are legal. Terrence mushroom. Terrence. They are legal. Now, so. Oh, they're legal officially. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. It's like it's already taken effect. I think so. Or is it like a January No, the mushrooms thing. haven't taken effect. The law has taken effect. Yeah, I don't know. I need to go buy some Terrence Malick. You don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know when it actually takes effect. I thought you were going to say I need to buy some Terrence it's a, Malick It's a fuel. Denver ordinance, so does it really affect you? Uh, I'd, I'd have to pass through the state. I don't know. I'd have... I get a legal update coming up in October, and I'll know then. Hmm. Hmm. Right on. Well, anyway. Uh, speaking of drugs... Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just checking online. Uh, you can still buy new Coke. It's not sold out. Uh, go to cokestore.com slash 1985. Nice. Such a weird way to buy cocaine online is cokestore.com. <laughs> right on the nose. Bye-o! Kill them out, Doc. Kill them out. Anyway, we, that's news. We watch yeah. movies throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I've been gone, so I'm going to go. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to get these off my chest. You've been gone. Oh, Ryan, stop it. taking your shirt off. <laughs> yeah, you won't do that. Um, I saw uh, Welcome to Marwin, which is uh, Steve Carell. How was that? You know, it's really well done. It's really bizarre, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. I, I don't know. That ending, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, the special effects are really amazing in it. Um Steve Carell is great, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of an asshole in the film. Um, so it's hard to like the main character. Um, but he's an asshole because of what's happened to him. Yeah. You know, he's has brain damage. So is it really his fault? He's a victim of circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's a really interesting character, too, because he, he crosses lines a lot and he doesn't know that he's crossed the line and he doesn't know he's making people uncomfortable. But I enjoyed it. Um I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. But I'm glad know. you did see it. But yeah, because yeah. I really wanted to see it when it came out and it was just in Christmas it was so overcrowded yeah. and um I really wanted to watch it and I it was that or Aquaman. So. Yeah. <laughs> that and I, I was at uh Redbox and they had it and mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, I'll check it out. 
And so, yeah, I mean, you saw it, right, Brad? I mean, yeah, like it's the same thing, too. I, I think it got like unfairly crushed by the holiday season and bad reviews. But like, it's yeah, it's not something I would want to watch again, like mm-hmm. actively seek out. And, but at the same time, like Steve Carell's good in it. Well, like all the cast is good yeah. in it. Um, the effects are good, especially that uh, that Back to the Future finale. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, probably is completely Zemeckis' own flourish on the, oh, yeah. on the story. I mean, and, no, and killing Nazis is always fun. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a very interesting film, but yeah, the character's not likable enough. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's, yeah, I'm guessing cause he has brain damage and has issues. So it deals with, you know, mental health and, um, uh, post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. disorder and things like that. It's a very interesting film. Um, I, I mean, I recommend everybody seeing it. Mm. Um, because he kind of loses himself in the R, and that's where the Marwin comes yeah. from. Have any of you seen the original documentary? Uh, no, I'm I'm really interested too because yeah. uh, they talk about it on the special features and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, Marwin call. Uh, I saw Detective Pikachu. So uh, did I. And it's um, yeah, I, I <laughs> it's I was actually kind of disappointed in it because I thought it veered into kid movie way too much. Um, I fucking I th- hated this movie. So yeah, I think, like, I think the writing was really lazy. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it's fair to say that I'm the biggest Pokemon fan here. I'm not. Oh, you are the biggest Pokemon yeah, yeah. fan. I'm not at all. Um, what I kind of describe this film as people is that this is a Pokemon film that's ashamed to be a Pokemon film mm. because, like, the entire point of Pokemon is the battles, and there's literally zero Pokemon battles in this entire film. Uh, and they make a point and be like, oh, this is the one city where it's illegal. I'm like, well, fucking, why? Why, though? <laughs> well, have you played the Detective Pikachu game? No, but because no one has. Well, he, <laughs> no, I, I, I have. Oh, yeah. you have? Yeah. Okay. And so that the, the, the Pokemon game is, that's really the only Pokemon game I've ever played and beat. Yeah. Um, you're just in the city and you're solving, like, crimes. But, I mean, and that's fine. To, like, to, but if you're going to adapt a Pokemon movie... Why? Why on earth would you do that? One? Yeah, and it's it's. I was. I mean, the special effects are pretty amazing. No, that's why. That's why. Like, I I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd Me too. because, hey, like, we're twinsies. I think, yeah, I think the production design, like the set design, the animation for all the, all the people or all the Pokemon is great, and I think I most of it's great. Um, but I just think like it doesn't. The script and everything else doesn't deserve it. It really lets de- it down. For a detective movie, I wish the mystery was more interesting. Yeah, yeah and, it, and when I was watching it, the highlights of the film were in the trailer. Yeah. You know, it was with the mime Pokemon. Yeah, Mr. I don't mime, know, yeah. Uh, I don't even know his real name. Mr. Mime, yeah. And, it, and, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is fine in it. And then... Mewtwo is able to transfer consciousness from no the ending the, the entire third act like makes literally fucking no sense to me yeah so you switch with your Pokemon I I have no idea what's going on and, yeah. I mean yeah it was really forgettable for me and I thought the writing was really lazy yeah uh, without spoiling something Booksmart is a better detective film than this film <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's just so yeah I mean. I was actually kind of disappointed because I was hoping it'd be really fun. I think the game's yeah, really like, fun. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't have fun in the movie. And it seemed really long. It seemed it seemed overly long. Uh, some of the acting is kind of absurd, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, the female detective in the film, I don't know what movie she thought she was in, but it was not the movie she was in. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Agreed. Um, that but, whole giant turtle sequence just seemed like a, a special effects, like, because we yeah. can do this? That's yeah. another thing that bothered me is that, like, there's this giant fucking sequence of these, like, colossal monsters destroying the planet, and that's the end of the second act. And it's like, 
we never acknowledge that the rest of the film, and then we top that with a parade. And that's not how <laughs> that's not how like ascending like tension works. And so yeah, it is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to be weird because the game is weird too. No, but... yeah. I, I liked it, but I mean, like, it's not without its it's not without its faults to be sure. I mean, I, I guess I liked it a little bit more. But... Yeah, I could I could not get into it, and I tried yeah. so hard. And it's and I really I mean, and after seeing it, I've always really wanted a good live action Pokemon film. But after seeing the film, I think I realized that you just can't. Mm. Like, I don't that how Pokemon works. I don't think you can really translate that to screen. And so, I mean, they're apparently going to try with Pokemon Red and Blue in a couple yeah. years, but well, I mean, because this is the highest grossing thing video game film of all time already. Yeah, yeah. technically so. the highest rated critically. So yeah, they've but. got all the models now. So yeah. no, I mean, Runners and so up. like, and that's what, and I also give them a lot of credit as like a Pokemon fan that they use Pokemon from every generation, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Like, I thought they were going to stick to predominantly the main. Or like the original 151. You I mean, know, I, I do like Psyduck because yeah. I'm like that's always been a weird Pokemon. Yeah, and he's weird in the movie too. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. Um, I listened to an interview with the with the writers of the script, and um, they they had some interesting insight into like choices they made and choices that ended up like not going through completely. So, but it's clear that they had at the time the best in, intent in it. But oh, it's you know, but they yeah. I mean also there was it was kind of a sure promotion kids love thing. It. So I I enjoyed it, and I I think it's because I went in with zero expectations. Like so. if I saw this when I was ten, this would have been I would have fucking loved this film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I would have thought about this one that this would have been like I'm sure this is going to be someone's live action Scooby Doo film. Where they're gonna come, they're gonna be like, "This is a great film," which is how I think of live action Scooby Doo. I mean, they'll rewatch it, be like, "This is still a great film," but they're not gonna think that of a big. <laughs> so, when Ditto shows up, did your audiences like lose their shit? Um, I think it was was almost empty. Yeah. So, mm, I don't know. I thought that Mine was a good. Did. That was a good twist. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, cool. What else did you watch? Ryan? Uh, I watched Cary Grant's first Oscar nominated performance called uh, "None But the Lonely Heart." There it's, you go, and it's. He's kind of mean in this film, and it's 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 a different kind of role for Cary Grant. In it, he plays uh, like a thief who comes home and he never stays at home with his mom. And his mom runs a secondhand store, basically a pawn shop. And so he, the first half of the film is say he's basically saying, "I'm leaving tomorrow, ma," and he's playing like a Cockney um, guy. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, he's great in this movie. Um, not his be- not the overall movie is not one of his best movies. He's amazing in it. Ethel Barrymore, who won an Academy Award, is really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's not like the Grant you're used to, and not that it's a bad thing. It's just I haven't watched. The, I haven't watched this one. I'll have to check this. Yeah, one it's. Out. I mean, it, and it's uh, a Warner Archives, and the transfer is really good. Um, DVD or Blu-ray? DVD. Oh, okay. Um, it comes with a trailer, so you know, so they cared enough to put a trailer in it. Hmm. Come see Dashing Cary Grant as you've never seen him before. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting film, and I can see why he was nominated for it because he's so against type in it because mm-hmm. um, he's basically the bad guy in it, um, and he struggles. Uh, he oscillates between being you know loyal to his mother and being a gangster, and and then he gets in trouble with um, the ga- the gang, the mob in it. Well, of course, you and, always do. Yeah, in these movies, you, and, uh, like, you mean, can't never not get in trouble. But with I mean, the mob people guys. die and stuff, and I mean, it's a pretty dark film for you know 1942. I think it is. Um, I followed that up with uh, "The Grass Is Greener," another Cary Grant film, um, directed by the gentleman who also did "Charade" and "Singing in the Rain." Stanley nice. Donen. Um, in it, Cary Grant plays a like a British aristocrat who. They farm uh, mushrooms. And, and then they have their tea and biscuits. Yes, they do have tea in it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but in it, uh, his 
wife uh so they open up their home to tours because they're they're having money trouble mm-hmm. so for like two pounds you come in and see the stately manor and at one point a photographer and rich oil tycoon played by robert meacham stumbles into the private quarters of deborah kerr who plays grant's wife and they fall in love and um so she like goes to new york or goes to london to like have an affair with him and uh, it's really bizarre. And then they have a duel, him and Cary Grant, inside the mansion. Mm-hmm. And it's shot amazing. Like, this film is shot so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty funny, but it's also kind of bizarre. Um, mm. I don't know. Like, I think I put it kind of in the middle of his, um, the films I've seen him right in the middle. Because mm-hmm. he's really great in it. The premise is really bizarre. Um, because at the end, I mean, it's in the title. It's not really a spoiler. The grass is greener. So she thinks the grass is better on the other side. It's really not. It's with her husband and her kids. Ah! And it's really a weird thing where Deborah Kerr like leaves her husband and her two kids to go have an affair with some American oil tycoon. It it was a different time. right? Yeah. But I mean, but they do like the, uh, the fade away into the bedroom and stuff. So they're, they definitely are implying that they're fucking, um, and, and Cary Grant That's is like, pretty much explicit as you get in the 40s. So. <laughs> well, this is like 60, oh, 60, 59. Okay. Um, and it, uh, he has a duel because he wants to win his wife back. And he sets it up where both of the guns actually don't have um, bullets in them. Mm-hmm. But his butler shoots Cary Grant in the arm so he can get sympathy like, yeah. from his wife. And she realizes that he, she does love him. So I want to take my wife back. Like, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's still good. Um, I, the the dueling scene is shot and edited so well that it makes like the I I gave it three and a half. I gave a half a star alone for that editing and yeah. how that was shot. Um, it's it's pretty great. Um, John Wick Chapter Three. Um, Me too. Yeah. Hey, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have some Stanley Donut films coming out too. So <laughs> all right, pretty much the same schedule. This Man, that is so. awesome. Um, I feel the same way I feel about every John Wick Wick film I I've seen. All three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the action is amazing. The world building and the dialogue and everything else is fucking garbage. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I feel like every... Because I watched all the John Wick films this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the third one, or each film doubles down even further with yeah. the lore. Yeah. And it, just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I used to... I remember when I saw the first one, I used to call them Super Mario Coins. I'm like, why do people have Super Mario Coins that they give to people? Yeah. And... Uh, and like in this one, we get into how they're made. I'm like, I don't need to know this. Yeah, like, and then he goes and sees Angelica Houston, and I guess he's from Belarus, and yeah. he has to send him away, and she knows by doing this, she's going to get slashed by some ninja guy. I don't really understand her entire... Cause they, I feel like she'll be a big part in the next one, Maybe. which I don't really like it when films start doing that kind yeah. of thing. And that's because it's a world, a world building, which I don't understand the world that they're building. Well, so it's like, I, cause I, also, I, don't, I don't understand, like... I get the whole, like, high table shit and all that, yeah. like, how he killed the high table person, that's a big deal. Who is uh, Larry Fishborn? Like, why... King what of the is, Hobos. But what's his title? Like, what, like, because she says the uh, high table yeah. person, like, we're going to replace you, and it's like, how, who? Because like, he, he's technically supposed to be the guy that kind of works around the, the city and on, on the street level. Then he who's everyone else? <laughs> you don't really know. I, I who are these people killing? I, you know, like, so, like, after, everyone's an assassin. After we reviewed it, I thought about it more, and I'm like, yeah, this story building sucks. But I like that they're trying. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm there to watch somebody get a hatchet in the face, which is what I saw in that third. I one. mean, the the fight in like that the knife antique scene was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> weapon store was amazing. Yeah, and you can tell. I mean, Keanu Reeves is working his ass off oh, yeah. in these films. I mean, it's fun. 
And and as I was kind of hoping it was going to be like Mad Max, mm-hmm. where you're going in, it's just an action scene for two fucking hours. No, I thought I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was yeah. going to be like because then went to the horse scene. Mm-hmm. I thought, great. I thought it was just like each scene would just be like a different way to kill people. Yeah, and I was like, so I'm first thing I thought. If this one just becomes like the saw of action films, <laughs> I'm gonna be totally into it. Totally. <laughs> and then, and then after like 40 minutes of straight action, mm-hmm. then you go, oh, now it's time to see Halle Berry, and then time to go to the desert and walk there. I for walk a while. around, and then some random dude, and he chops off his finger. And I understand that he was doing it so he can get back and whatever. But I don't what? like the idea of the man who's above the table. I'm just like, and why is he some random guy in the desert and not yeah, some kind of celebrity cameo? I thought, walk until you can't walk anymore. Should have been Carrie Ann Moss or something. Just create yeah, that sweet. Matrix idea. You when know? he has to cut his finger off, and he was like, you need to give me something, and he put that table down. For a split second, I thought he was going to pull out his dick and cut that off. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Well, I'm not <laughs> using See, this me, anymore. I was actually hoping that he was going to go to cut his finger off and then take that fucking chisel, kill that one guy, and kill everybody else in that room. And, yeah, and that would have been good. Ah, fuck. But I, mean, the, I don't the, write him. The other, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I because my thing, they're fun. I thought, no, like in the second one, they double down on the lore stuff while keeping the same level of action from the first film. Whereas I think in this one, they double down on the lore stuff while also doubling the action. Yeah. So I kind of forgive this one more than the second one. Yeah. But like, well, yeah, because I mean that the, the fight scene too at the end where they're inside like the glass thing is pretty fucking. It's badass. pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, the, the the samurai ninja guy, his yeah. character is really out of place. He's an Iron Chef participant. <laughs> he's, he's a, you know, he says. That was a pretty good fight, wasn't it? You go, wait, what? I was saying how that was a really weak... Because he has that, like, uh... Uh, that, that line... Be seeing you, John. No, um... You and I are the same one, person. Basically, like, the one-liner. Like, yeah. It, that, like, that's a line, like, Arnold would give, and it'd be, like, really clever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But John Wick's just like, no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's Aw. the be seeing you, John, and he goes, no, you won't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know I've always We're said this. I think that's why is. Schwarzenegger is so he transcends those kind of lines because he knows how to deliver them. Yeah, there is an art to being able to deliver a one liner. The Rock can do it. Yeah, Statham can do it. Keanu Reeves, mm, you know, I like Keanu, but I don't think one liners are his thing necessarily, no. unless they're like Matrix one liners. I am in the FBI. I mean, I don't, th- I, th- I don't think Keanu. <laughs> I don't think Keanu Reeves is a great actor, but he gives his all. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he still tries really hard with every oh, yeah. part. And I really He's a respect. Fun guy. Him. Oh no, I respect the hell out of him. I mean, yeah. He makes fun movies. Yeah. He, he's not a great actor, but he's yeah. fun. Like, and I guess like my biggest problem with this film is that like by the time like he was in the desert, or by the time like he went to Hollywood and was like, I'm going to meet with high tail person. Mm-hmm. I immediately knew. Oh, the fourth film was about how he's going to kill all the high people, all yeah. the high tables. Like, I shouldn't be able to predict this film. Two films in advance, <laughs> like, so yeah. I mean, I'm but, I, I'm down to see more action. But, no, I'll I'll yeah. buy tickets to the next yeah. one, but but I yeah, just, yeah, I guess I wasn't in love with it because you, know, you read all the reviews and yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's fun. You said like 96 percent or something. Like yeah, that. I'm just like, I don't know, if it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's just like I said, the action's awesome. Um, the, the world building and the dialogue is garbage. Uh, I watched Apollo 11, which is the documentary that came out. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, um, hell yeah, it is. The the sixty five millimeter film that they found and put at the beginning of the picture mm, looks fucking amazing, right? Oh my god! Yeah, I you it looks like it was shot yesterday. Yeah, and um, I, I loved there's is scenes when um the rocket is launching and you can see the reflection of it in people's gla- uh, glasses, glasses and things like that. So it's 
pretty awesome. I wish you could have seen it on a big screen. It looked amazing. Um, but yeah, it, the, the only bummer is is um, the Blu-ray has it's. There's a documentary on it says uh, the story behind the 65. I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm gonna say you know how they found it. It was one minute long. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I go, what the fuck? 65 EPK. Was a, it's a number of millimeters. Yeah. We opened the box that up and there it was. <laughs> That's pretty much what they said. They said we we're giving this access. And we found this amazing footage and um, it looks stunning. And yeah, but no, it's it. The movie moves so fast, and it's even though you know how it ends, it's still really cool. Um, Wait, what happened again? They landed on the moon, right? They did. Thank and, God! And the aliens were there. But it was <laughs> fake. <laughs> no, and then they shut off their cameras because they had to find a transformer on the moon. Um, no, I love that film a lot. I, I liked watching it in IMAX. Like, I don't go to IMAX that much anymore, and I'm glad Brad and I were able to get to that one. So, um, glad it looks good on Blu ray, though. Oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. That's good. Um, and uh, the last thing I watched is uh, Fighting With My Family. Oh, um, did you like it? it? Yeah, it was fun. It was, it's the story of Paige's rise to the WWE, um, coming from a wrestling family. Um, Were you a Paige fan or a no. wrestling fan, really, in, like a, a, no. in, of that kind of like I, uh, era? Or? Listen, I, mean, that's like I know you like wrestling. That's but... like the current era. I like, uh, I like the like late. 90s early 2000s yeah. when the yeah. rock was in them mm-hmm. uh, i mean that stuff was even really ridiculous but i don't think uh because i tried to watch it um the wrestling now has the charisma that they had back then i don't know like, they, i mean they kind of i feel like uh because I, I watched some of wrestling today uh like the current era and i think like they kind of substitute the crazy and charisma for more actual wrestling mm. which isn't kind of what i'm going for yeah and so and that, i think it's impressive what they're doing still and but here's like, the thing too is it sounds silly but I, I mean i liked wrestling too in like the 80s and stuff when mm-hmm. i was growing up yeah but when you're in the ring you have to tell a story yeah and i don't think that people nowadays can tell the story as well yeah from the bret hart's the Shawn michaels mm-hmm. dwayne johnson's stone cold steve austin um However, the movie's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a lot of liberties in uh, the story, Twitter, and, th- yeah. and that's fine. I don't care. Um, it's not. I mean, it, it's it'd be one thing if they were like, and then Lincoln, ma- Abraham Lincoln met the Rock. Yeah, but it's like I don't think the story of Page can. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, because uh, wait a minute. I mean, I we know should it, have that movie. <laughs> I mean, my pulse is on it enough that I know enough of her story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they skipped over her sex tapes, but like. Uh, <laughs> The important parts, Ryan <laughs> totally. Frost. Like, totally. uh, no, but uh, she was like the NXT champion for a really long yeah. time. Uh, I think she has the longest reign or something. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not that. I mean, she she is easily one of the most impressive female wrestlers. Oh yeah, so. and uh, to tell a story is really important. I mean, I think Vince Vaughn in it is really great. Yeah, um, he's a he's surprisingly restrained in the. Oh film. yeah, and like, I think in, he, like, in a weird way, like the he's, scene, he's not goofy in it. The scene he has with her at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. is really great where he tells her he said you know when i see your brother it's not because he can wrestle it's because i'll tell you what he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy blah pushes you over the edge and mm-hmm. whatever and then you learn from the rock that he was a guy who pushed the rock over the edge which and- is that's my favorite scene because he's uh like you kind of see him off in the distance and mm-hmm. vince vaughn's just kind of like it's a it's a it's a only a slight shot but you just yeah. kind of you understand that character even more all within that one single shot it's but really yeah nice. the scene where they meet him the rock is pretty great um uh, and they ask how to be the next rock. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sorry, what was your name? <laughs> it doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> he just goes off in it. 
Like, yeah, he's pretty on point. So it was a fun movie. Nick Frost, um, too, in that movie. Like, it, like a different type of tenderness out of him I haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah, so. is great. And he, I mean, yeah, I've never seen him actually play like that. Yeah, like, he's, he's, just, he's a really kind, ca- ca- yeah. caring father when he's not marketing things to death. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's a good movie. I like it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, Zach, what did you watch this week? Um, well, I watched a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to talk all about it. Um, I watched a shit ton of Hitchcock films to get um, this marathon going for the series. Um, the biggest standouts in the rewatch, because I've watched, I've watched all but one or two of Hitchcock's films, and those are usually the, like, those are just the silent films. I think it's, oh, no, actually, there's one sound film. It's Jamaica Inn, um, The Pleasure Garden, and something else um but i have to look at the list again but but i went through a big chunk of them uh so i rewatched north by northwest which is an amazing movie ryan i think james mason's the most bored villain in cinema history (laughs) he looks very bored wait the scene after they they're they're on martin rushmore and after martin lando falls off Mm -hmm. he's just like well that was that was mean or whatever like Mm -hmm. he i can't remember the exact line but he just looks he just looks like he's like yeah whatever i've been arrested i don't fucking care where's my five o'clock cocktail amazing in that he is and he's amazing and don't get me wrong like he's the reason you're watching that journey but every time james mason comes up i'm just like why are you so bored you're in a hitchcock movie like Give me something a little bit, but he's like, he's still good in it. It's yeah. just like, it's just a weird notion. But then I remember Salem's Lot and I'm like, oh, he's bored in everything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fascinating because I think though, I remember watching a documentary, it might be on the Blu-ray, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, where they say that those two are maybe the first two like gay couple really portrayed on screen. They hint at it. Yeah. I mean, oh, they it's, hint at it a lot. Yeah. And it's like, and they, but they only talk a little bit about it in the doc compared to just like. Eva Marie Saint talking about oh, her so deal. She's amazing in the um, movie too. And you know, I think you know, the Mount Rushmore scene, the uh, the crop dusting scene is really like popular, but that scene where he's breaking into the house mm-hmm. is so well shot. It's so suspe- I've if I didn't love the awful truth so much, that would definitely be the best carrying grant. At film. the very least it's like it's a it's a, it's, it's one A one B. It's within the top three, if not the top two. Oh yeah, so. it's one A one B. Yeah. Um, For me personally, but because uh, he's funny in it, and he's also – I love that he's – you know, they think he's some, like, spy and this expert killer and stuff, and, you know. It, it, it's it's a fun and, – And there's funny parts, you know, Chuck Out Loud when he's just left in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and then the crop, crop dusting plane shows and I, up. And, and, I mean, like and, – and I've always loved how it it draws out that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes you wait for that moment. Oh, like yeah. The, the first time I saw it, all I knew about the film was oh, the yeah. crop it's, dusting it's thing. so iconic. So it's... I waited for it. Like, and this was, like – 10 years ago mm-hmm. so i'd be waiting for it and i'd be like when's it coming when's it mm-hmm. fucking come and then it comes and it's like yeah. great like and the behind the scenes stuff is amazing on that because like apparently and not all of it's um on location there is like one or two shots that are on well yeah the they set. didn't want to really kill carrie grant <laughs> i mean he's daring enough that he probably could have yeah, like, probably you know, did the whole thing but um actually it it relates to another one of the ones i watched was the 39 steps which i had seen before but always in bad like bootleg prints and uh, Criterion um, restored the shit out of it, and it looks amazing. Uh, it's Robert Donat. Mm-hmm. It's basically the British version of North by Northwest, where man gets mis get man gets mistaken for somebody else because he witnesses a murder and has to go on a journey to clear his name. Um, that's still a fun film. I did the the Man Who Knew Too Much, both the original and the remake. I like the original more because it feels a little dirtier. The remake is really good. James Stewart and Doris Day are wonderful in it, but it's like really slick for that story. I and think 
I like James Stewart. I don't know if he's right for that part. Yeah, that's another that's another thing. I think Doris Day is great in that movie. Yeah. The scene where she gets rev- um, where she finds out that her kid's missing and she's breaking down on the bed because she's yeah. taking the pills is amazing. Um, and The Lodger, which is uh, Hitchcock's third film, but he considers it his first film, like a first the first true Hitchcock picture, is a wonderful film that I've only watched in terrible fucking prints. And this one was cleaned up significantly. It was part of. BFI's restoration project to restore the big five silent Hitchcock films that were like deteriorating mm-hmm. like nastily. Um, it's basically the, a Jack of the Ripper type story where a, a guy's going around killing a bunch of women. Uh, nobody knows who it is, only that he wears a scarf and a like a hat like to cover his like identity. A shadow. He cu- you know what he does? He leaves a note on the bodies of people that calls himself the Avenger. Oh. And it has a triangle on it. And I'm just like, that's not Tony Stark. <laughs> but uh, but then, uh, meanwhile, there's a boarding house that takes in a new tenant who suspiciously may or may not be the lodger or may not be the Avenger. So it's a big, well, is he or is he not? Um, for a silent film, you know, like of that era, like I think they're always intriguing because it's you have to tell a story without words. Like dialogue spoken, and um, this one has very few title cards, which it lends to the credence of Hitchcock's belief in pure cinema, which is like as few title cards as possible. Tell the story through the images, and well, I think that's the why dialogue. Phantom of the Opera is so su- successful. I agree. It's, like, I, mean, I, I don't even. There's ten title cards in Phantom. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, and the and the tension of Phantom of the Opera is that you're waiting for the imagery of mm-hmm. Lon Chaney to reveal what he looks like, and then what happens after that. So there's a buildup that people are already interested in to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then um, and I rewatched The Birds, which is still an amazing film. That's yeah. the first one I ever saw. It scared the shit out of me when I was younger. That movie looks amazing on the 4K player. I know it's only the Blu-ray restored, but it like th- the lines are not like mm. it's not distracting. Like some some films of the era that are special effects films, like the the separation of the plates is distracting. This one's not. Like it and it just anything that looks outdated, it feels like it's necessary to the art anyway. So, um, and it's probably because the sodium process that they used for processing those images was uh, part of Disney's. Uh, sodium process for uh, doing special effects on their films, and of iWorks was the special photographic consultant on the birds. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> of iWorks, co-creator of uh, Mickey Mouse. Exactly. Um, and then, but and I think honestly, the one that I didn't like revisiting the most was Marnie, uh, mainly because I didn't like Marnie to begin with. Uh, it's Sean Connery and Tippi Hedren, and it's a very problematic movie, even when it was made, uh, and it's still very problematic. However. I appreciated it more this time around for the technical feat, Tippi Hedren's performance. Um, and this is the best Bernard Herman score I've heard that's not the essentials like Citizen Kane or Psycho or um, even the man who know, knew too much. Like this is this is like a really good score wrapped in a weird movie. Like you could play the score on its own and it does some interesting transitions that are linked up to the film, but on their own sound incredible. Like, I mean, if I, when I'm doing the series and one thing I would love, would love to talk about is his collaborators and Herman's definitely going to be discussed. Um, I just don't know how I'd approach it mm. just yet, but I like, I like thinking about Bernard Herman cause he's an interesting cat and oh, yeah. his career is kind of like narrow, but vast at the same time in terms of how much he did for cinema and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna keep going with the Hitchcock films, um, and I rewatched Rebecca, which is Rebecca's amazing. amazing. I hadn't watched it on the Criterion yet, though, oh. so I that they cleaned that fucking oh, yeah. nicely, um, and uh, I I 
forgot that Judith Davis, uh, or, or J- James Judith Anderson, sorry, was um, uh, was a, a character in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. So the whole time I saw, saw Mrs. Danvers, I was just like, "Don't you have to resurrect Spock right now?" <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, it, it had been a long time since he'd seen that. Um, the most underrated in that rewatch though was Topaz, which is a spy film with John Forsyth as the only known name actor in the movie. The film is basically about how they get the information about the Cuban Missile Crisis to prepare for the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis. It's total fiction. It's based on a uh, novel from the period, and it's the most left field Hitchcock ever got, in my opinion, because it's it's not necessarily done in his style. I think there's like a few isolated moments where it becomes a Hitchcock movie and the rest of it's kind of like a very standard, but well-told spy thriller. Um, it's long, but it's very like efficient. I, it's, it's kind of like a modern spy movie is today, like a European spy movie that you'd see. Um, so, I mean, those, those are fun films. I'm going to continue watching. I'm going to do a shadow of a doubt, um, and psycho double feature. Cause they're interesting films to look at back to back and how he terms and how he handles American violence and the way like how the killer next door and somebody you don't expect to be the killer is the killer. Um, but, uh, and then I've also been continuing on Star Trek next generation. Um, I'm in season seven now, so this is almost fucking over. Um, descent, the two parter that ended season six and began season seven is still a fun one. Um, and obviously it's how data gets the, access to the empathy chip that he can then use to create effect in Star Trek generations. Um, and, uh, the Will Riker thinking he's, he's insane episode is amazing. Cause it's basically just Jonathan Frakes is acting real. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's still been a fun watch for, um, all intents and purposes. So, um, and then I saw detective Pikachu and Avengers at the drive-in with Brad. Um, I didn't. I, I I like Detective Pikachu, but I didn't love it as much the second time around. Um, Avengers Endgame still loved it, um, and the that final shot with Peggy and um, Peggy and uh, Rogers dancing at the end was great to look at on a um, on a drive-in screen. Like it was very cinematically romantic. So really I appreciate them to show full penetration. <laughs> <laughs> I know, especially at 88th Street Commerce yeah, Drive-in. Yeah. You know, thought. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know. Anyway. It's a drive-in. I'm sure they short porn before. Uh, anyway, that's all I've been watching this week. If you watch that uh, newsreel uh, interview they did, it, w- it was a outdoor porn theater at one point. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Hmm. How times have changed. Wow. Yeah. I feel the, like the original just, owners, yeah. I feel like they you all movies. up your mm. <laughs> So I just feel like that would be uncomfortable. I have all one right. more. I watched Top Gun at the gym. Yes. And I could burn 953 calories doing Top Gun. Of course. That is the best workout soundtrack I've had oh, yeah. of any of the movies they've shown. Like, they've shown great movies, but not all of them are, like, great soundtracks to do it oh, with. yeah, no. You've got, like, hit after hit in Top Gun. And I hadn't seen Top Gun in a long time. I've been trying to rewatch it since starting the, to come on the podcast with you guys, and I hadn't done it. Still a fun fucking flick. I, uh, I maintain – so I – in my Tom Cruise rankings, I put it number one. It's not his best film, but it's the Tom Cruise film, if that makes the definitive any sense yeah. at all. And so many up-and-coming actors. You got oh, Meg yeah. Ryan. You got Tim Robbins. Um, yep. you've got, and you got a lot of down-and-coming actors like Val Kilmer. <laughs> you say, I'm crazy. What about you, lady? Oh, God, I love that fucking movie. I, 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 it's a good... Well, it's a, she's lost that love and feeling. <laughs> 
It, it's weird though because uh, I'd only watched Tom, Tom Cruise. I've only watched Top Gun once before rewatching it at the gym. But I've watched Zodiac several times, so every time I see Anthony Edwards on stage, I'm just like, you got to get back with Mark Ruffalo. Solve that fucking mystery. <laughs> so that's all I watched this week. Let's be quick about this. All right, cool. Um, I watched a lot of Soviet montage films. Fun fact about all of those. Um, they're all communist propaganda, so fuck those. So in, in Soviet Russia... <laughs> They're you, not you're awful. the only Eisenstein fanboy that I know of, Roy. I fucking hate. It. Anyway, you have um, a shirt that says "I love Sergey." <laughs> uh, my current actress that I'm watching through is uh, is uh, Aubrey Hepburn. Oh, uh, so I've watched a lot of her films recently. Did you watch Charade? Is that the film? You're that is. That's why I watched. Fucking very good. It's a very very good film. Yes. Two films that uh, I don't hear talk about as much that I think are really good though are Children's Hour. I think that's an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Wait Until Dark is also an amazing oh, yeah. film. That's Wait both Until are Dark. Great. She's great in Wait Until Dark. And watching Wait Until Dark, I was like, this is basically just don't breathe. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> hmm. But it, it's <laughs> I got that. I saw that a long time ago. My grandfather used to watch those old movies. Yeah. So when uh, TM, uh, AMC used to show those kind of films. Mm-hmm. And then so when Warner Archives is last year put that out on Blu-ray, I is I bought it the day of. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great film. It's a great film. Uh, other stuff I watched. Uh, I watched a horror film called I Trapped the Devil. Have you heard of this one, Ryan? Mm, yes. It's IFC Midnight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about it. It's a very interesting yet. film. I think I would recommend it. It's a... Uh, it's basically the plot about it is that these two, this couple kind of goes to visit like their brother, uh, and the brothers lived in this like in their uh, their dead parents' house, and it's very very eccentric. Like the windows are boarded up. He's clearly something something's wrong with him, mm-hmm. and then he reveals that he has trapped a man in the basement, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I can guarantee you, this guy is the devil, and we cannot let him out." And it's basically those two having to decide. Is he really the devil, or is our brother insane, and did he kidnap someone? That's and awesome. it's kind of this slow burn of, like, it's very similar to uh, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane of, like, oh, cool. which one is worse. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I saw that. Uh, and then, and then I guess the only other thing that I think I'll mention is, uh, yeah, that's what I'll mention. I watched Burning, uh, which was a Korean film that came out last year. Uh, it got a lot of publicity, uh, primarily because it's a Korean film. It, did really well at Con. They said it was it was some it made the shortlist for us foreign film for Korea. It had Stephen Young in it. Yeah, Stephen Young in it. Uh, uh, it's okay. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be, but it's basically about uh, this guy uh, meets up with this girl and he's like, "Oh, I kind of really like you. Can we start fucking?" She's like, "Sure, but you gotta feed my cat." And so she goes out of town. He feeds her cat. You gotta he- feed two pussies. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, like, then she comes back from her vacation. That was gross. Yeah, I know. File it. <laughs> She comes back from her vacation. She's like, by the way, I met this other super cool guy named Ben, who's Stephen Young. And Stephen Young is, like, way hotter than this main character. And so, it's a problem. <laughs> um, and so, the two of them are just kind of like, what's, what, I don't, both of us want to fuck this girl. What are we going to do? And Stephen Young's like, well, I don't know, but I also really like burning down houses. Oh. Um, and it kind of just moves from there. So, uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it. Uh, it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, it, I mean, it's okay. But uh, it's, I, it, I think it's a little blown out of proportion. And that is all I saw this week. Uh, I forgot to mention, you can read also that I'm pinching Family Guy, and uh, I think Road to Rhode Island might be the greatest episode of Family Guy. Mm. It's a pretty wonderful one. It's uh, a great musical number. There is a great musical number. I, it just is everything that Family Guy should be. Um, just revisiting it, I'm like, man, this episode is really tight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I also like the one where uh, <laughs> Lois gets a flight attendant job just for, uh, there's a moment where Peter and the guys are out at the bar. And he goes, fly anywhere for free. Huh, guess I won't be needing you, Tink. 
<laughs> and Tinkerbell is drinking with him. I'm just like, hey, what? You're just going to dump me like that? You knew what this was. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, going back, it just, they are really, people make fun of Family Guy for their cutaway stuff, mm-hmm. but the writers there are really brilliant. Like, they're really smart. And I think especially in, like, the first couple seasons. Oh, like, yeah. I think, like, towards, like, the newer stuff, I think they kind of rely on it a little too heavily, but... The, you know, but I've been watching some... I'll touch on them, obviously, a lot later, but some of the new ones, they've been taking a lot of risks in. Yeah. Whether they do, it like, a bottle episode where Stewie and Brian are stuck in a bank vault. That's a great um, episode, And though, things yeah. like that, I think, um, separate Family Guy from a lot of the animated stuff. Anyways, Brad, what'd you watch? Uh, so I got a second chance to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii in the yeah. theater, and it went much better this time so, around. I mean, that's the one with the Frisbee, right? Yeah. Oh, man, I got to see this movie. And uh, that's not even, like, the most outrageous part of the movie. Um, so speaking of Family Guy, there's a character in Hard Ticket to Hawaii who is, like, the concierge for the, the restaurant that everyone's kind of, like, coming back to and leaving. Um is like a human version of Quagmire. <laughs> like, like he looks like him, and then he'll say like the same misogynistic things. That, yeah, I was like, how come no one mentions that this is Quagmire before Quagmire? Because I think this came out in like the early 80s. It's Quagmire. It's Quagmire. Who else but Quagmire? Let's have sex. <laughs> um, and then there's a part in the middle where... Um, like the two male heroes are in their Jeep and they're cruising to the destination. And then, uh, one of the assassins is, uh, skateboarding. Hang on. What is the premise of hard ticket to Hawaii? So there's, I guess a drug operation in Hawaii that is sort of protected, uh, by the authorities. And then there's a, uh, kind of a delivery service with two female pilots uh, one of them is a retired FBI agent, I think. And then um, they stumble onto this drug operation while just doing a, like an Amazon delivery. And then um, they go back to their home base and then they call up. I think the two male leads are from another movie called Malibu Express, I'm guessing. Because uh, they Sounds seem right, like yeah. you should know these characters because they're famous. Um, so they say, hey, you need to come help us stop these guys. So let me ask you a question. Why is there a guy, because I've only seen the clip of the Frisbee. Right. Why is there a guy on the beach with like an AK-47, and why is he playing Frisbee with the other guy? Okay, the guy with the, <laughs> the gun is protecting the you know the, the crime lord's drug plantation. Okay. Um, and then that girl who he starts playing Frisbee with before he starts playing Frisbee with the, the guy with the gun. Mm-hmm. She's just there on vacation, some random woman. Okay, I'm following you. Um, so the guy with the Frisbee, um, after earlier some the girls do reconnaissance on the location to make sure, like, you know, these were all the guys are going to be. So when we do storm in the base, you know, we know what to expect. So after after all that, that first that's the first part of the plan is that main guy comes in. You know, so how did he know that lady would have a Frisbee and that one guy would want to play with him? And did they show have a scene where he puts the razors in the Frisbee? Yes. Oh, my God. I need to see this movie. <laughs> so so the scene before that, the girl, the Every two question girls. question you've answered makes me want to see this movie. It's amazing. <laughs> the scene. So the first scene of that whole exchange is the two girls themselves. They are hiding in the bushes with binoculars watching the guy with the AK-47. <laughs> Who is and playing it's totally Frisbee? Rad Hawaiian shirt, by the way. Yes, and he's playing with another woman 
on the beach who is playing oh so they've done some reconnaissance exactly okay um and like so the one girl has binoculars and the other one has like a large handy cam that's like probably for underwater photography (laughs) like it's got this huge yellow case um but they use it like a telescope (laughs) <laughs> like i need a closer look hand me that like the handy the giant cam. camera <laughs> i'm like the binoculars are probably better than the, the zoom on that thing um so yeah then they go back to uh the girls tiki hut or whatever they tell the boys hey this is what we like here watch the footage um the one guy and the girl are like yeah we're gonna watch some of this footage privately and so they go to another room to bone so there's nudity as well yes Fuck, I need to see this movie. Yeah, you'd love it. Lots so of boobs. of your alley, Ryan. I'm sorry, I haven't seen it already. <laughs> I know. Boobs, violence. I have it on Blu-ray, so I'll, I'll give oh, it to you. Really a, there's really a Blu-ray up yeah. Fuck me, dude. Um, the movie keeps getting better. <laughs> so, yeah, then there's a montage of them all cleaning their guns and the one guy making the frisbee with the razor blades in it. And oh, then... sweet. It's a montage? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what song is playing? I don't remember. It's probably... Yeah, I think it was just, like, generic, generic keyboard music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, then they... The, like the one girl takes a glider to the location, the rest of them take the jeep, and then they, uh, the one guy, surfs in, uh-huh. <laughs> with his disguise and his little knapsack with the frisbee in it, and then he interrupts their the the frisbee game with the girl. Shit, it's only eleven bucks on Amazon. <laughs> I, I, it's worth it, <laughs> but it makes me want to get Malibu Express, which is the other one, because the and the girl who has the tiki hut, she has. Uh, She's a film buff. Oh, shit. And she has posters to the other... <laughs> Look at the cover for Malibu Express. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has a, a poster of Malibu Express. Packing in her... heat from Texas uh, to Malibu Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, And there's even a poster for a movie called Seven, <laughs> which I was like, that's probably not Fincher's Seven. <laughs> this is like 82. Um, I like to imagine someone's like, I fucking love Malibu Express, and I love the Morality Tale 7 <laughs> so, link. Uh, you, you might want to consider getting um, Malibu Express. It has an all-new 4K scan wow. and an HD restoration, available for the first time in HD widescreen. And we can't get Last Action Hero on Screen Factory yet? We yep. can get this? No one 4K, 4K scan Last Action Hero yet. Wow. Uh, but anyway, the, the even more over the top than the razor blade in the, in the <laughs> Frisbee Wait, is... more. Uh, before all that, the, like the two guys, they're riding their jeep uh, up the highway, trying to get to I think the 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 restaurant, Edie's Edie's restaurant or whatever, and they see this one guy doing a handstand on a skateboard, yeah. rolling towards them. Um, oh fuck no! And <laughs> as he gets close, that guy flips over, pulls out his AK forty seven, starts. <laughs> At point blank range, <laughs> shooting at the jeep, and it only just hits the t- like the inside of the tire well, <laughs> and then the one dude in the shoulder, and he just brushes off like, "Oh man." <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what, Brad? I don't need your Blu-ray. <laughs> I got. Uh, I didn't know I, this was included on my twelve film girls G-strings and guns collection that I got because me and uh, Brandon, our friend Brandon, <laughs> used to watch this movie called Return to Savage Beach, and I guess it's all part of the same thing. <laughs> So I own. Have it already. So I own Hard Ticket to Hawaii on DVD. Oh, wait, but wait, wait. But it's the Blu-ray <laughs> packed with special features. Uh, yeah, actually, it's got so, some behind-the-scenes documentary stuff. Yeah. All right, I need to get the HD version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean HD boobs, dude. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. I so mean, that guy shoots up the jeep. To, I mean, to be in his defense, 
he did just transform from a handstand on a skateboard to on a handstand to like on his feet on a skateboard while also shooting an AK-47. That takes a lot out of you. You know, my aim wouldn't be that great either. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even done yet. (laughs) So uh, then the other guy who didn't get shot reaches into the back of the Jeep, pulls out a rocket launcher. Oh, that's good. And at point blank range, shoots that guy. (laughs) And he explodes. (laughs) And his body parts fly over the place. And they just brush it off like, well, five more minutes to get to Edie's. (laughs) Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But yeah, it was amazing. And then this whole time, there's a mutant snake (laughs) (laughs) eating people on the beach uh, that they, the main characters, it's not their mission. (laughs) <laughs> but Which it comes, happens to also be there. But like. also is part of the climax. So Yes. Yeah. Do they Man. ride the mutant snake? I might have to watch no. this on DVD this, tonight. This sounds basically like a better version of Magnolia. Where there's all these <laughs> storylines happening that they all come to a climax. <laughs> like. <Yeah>. So, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Because that scene Definitely with the frisbee the is so infamous. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even like the tip of the iceberg. That is so amazing. And then the dialogue, like, uh, the dialogue's awful. Like, when they're when they're boning, like what does he say? Uh, you got like perfect nipple placement. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something they would say. But the doctor no. did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote it down. What was it? Let me look it up real quick. Let me. T- this is how bad the dialogue is in some places. Um, what does he say? Oh yeah, he's you know, he's 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 hitting on this girl, and he says, "One man's dream is another man's lunch," and then she says. You son of a bitch. And then pulls him like into kiss. <laughs> oh, they're gonna say, and then pulls out another AK forty seven, like No. Um, Go for broke, do the rocket launcher again. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and then I uh So I guess um uh, Mike Myers struck a deal with Netflix and suddenly like a bunch of his movies are on Netflix. Oh, okay. So I re rewatched Cat in the Hat. Oh shit. For the first time since the theater. I'm but, sorry. But why? Because I was curious, like, how is this movie fair. aged? Fair. Yeah. Not well. Yeah. Um, and now that you've seen it, you know to not do it again. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't pay attention to it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for the Paris Hilton, like, cameo that's completely unnecessary. Uh, yeah. That's the least egregious thing in that fucking movie. And I missed it. I don't even I didn't. remember that part. Yeah. Um, I also watched uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Which I remember being really funny in the theater, and this time I was completely like, "This is not <laughs> for me." Mm. Like none of this is funny. Um, and then also re- rewatched uh, Miami Vice, the yeah. movie version, which is just kind of a thing that's it exists. What's really perplexing about that film is that there is like a giant community who thinks that's like one of the greatest films ever made. And I wow. don't understand it. <laughs> like it would be like it would have been more fun if they'd actually done like an eighties nostalgia thing. Yeah. But it's it's so modern and it's yeah. just it's just like there's a bunch of drug guys, they're doing the you know, they're undercover, they're doing their job trying to you know, catfish these <laughs> drug dealers and then, you know, once in a while something personal happens. Yeah. But it's not like a story you haven't yeah. seen a million times before. I think that film was actually on Letterboxd's top two fifty. Which makes no sense to me. And the cinematography is terrible. Like it's early yeah. digital. Like there's like helicopter shots inside the cockpit yeah. are super grainy. Um, Who's this community, Henry, that that proclaims Miami Vice from that year? To it, you can find them. It's kind of it's man. I want to pick their brain. It's the, if Jones, they have it's one the left. Jonestown of Letterboxd. Uh, <laughs> uh, now I also started watching Tuca and Birdie. 
which is yeah. What do you think of that? I finished that. What is it? It's all right. It's it's yeah. from the Bo- people who did BoJack Horseman. Oh okay. Uh, but it, the the uh, or it's, it's like the, it's a different writing staff, but it's the same like people who animation animate style. It. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's it's about two like one's a sparrow and one's so a toucan. Two yeah. Uh. But it's basically like modern women trying to like get through. But it it every time I'm not paying attention, it's just random silliness. Yeah. And then I'll, suddenly I'll click in because they're actually talking about something about like women in the workplace yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh, relationships with the boyfriend and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it had like like I think Bojack Horseman the entire like an entire episode will be about like depression or something. Or, um, or like they'll be like be funny. It, they'll be like a long arc of depression. They'll have like they'll contain the wackiness per an episode thing with the through line of the depression. Yeah. But Tukin so. Brady's kind of like, we're just being silly. And, and all it decides like, it flip flops kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like in and out. So, uh, it's all right. And I mean, like what I said, like to someone else that like the first thing about Jack Horton wasn't great either. Yeah. And so I can tell you this one picking up more steam in subsequent. It got more deep as the show yeah. went along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm not writing off the show, but at the yeah. same time I wasn't like in a rush to wa- rewatch yeah. it. Um, and then the last thing I saw, which was pretty great, um, was uh, Train to Busan. Oh, that's great, yeah. You um, can read my Art House Asshole about that film. So. Oh. How long ago was that? It was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was writing them. So. Um, <laughs> I heard great things about it. I think it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Um, it's a standard like Korean kind of... Yeah. For, for a zombie movie, I appreciated that at least finally many of the characters are smart yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also... There wasn't any like a ton of new stuff added to like yeah it's like, cool that it's a lot of it's on the train mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the entire arc of the story is the standard zombie story like we gotta yeah. get from one place dangerous place to the safe place and everyone gets kind of gets picked off along the way it is a very well made uh, zombie film mm-hmm. but it doesn't really add anything to the zombie genre yeah so, so uh, like I remember Mark Bernardin just yeah praising it and I was like oh cool I'm gonna see something pretty different and yeah. Other than, yeah, you know, like that whole sequence where um, they start to figure out, like, the zombies can't see in the dark. Yeah. Um, so they, like, climb along the baggage thing or, um, you know, when they are when they start to time their yeah. switching cars while they're under the tunnels. Like, that stuff's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah. You, like, you really feel for the characters when they start to yeah. get yeah. picked off and things. But, uh, yeah. But then you're like... A lot of the other passengers are like, oh, you're still, that's still fucking stupid. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? So, that's what I watched this week. Awesome. We saw two movies this week. Do you, you want to do Blu-rays? Oh, yeah, I forgot we didn't do that. This was coming out on Blu-ray. <laughs> DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, the big release of the week is Double Impact, uh, starring John Klein Van Damme. You can pick that up from MVD. Or my, or my mailbox. Box. Oh! <laughs> you laugh, but somebody's going to rob you now. But, um, Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's in the post office. So. I can roundhouse kick and do the splits. Sweet. <laughs> um, but again, and, do, and dance. But apparently, yeah, it comes with a bunch of special features, as I learned today. I didn't realize MVD was a thing, and then the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, is, I guess, is on their listing, too. Um, uh, the... Uh, the big new release, though, is Greta, I guess, from uh, from this year, which had uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Isabel Huppert. Did you see this, Henry? I saw it. Uh, was it okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a scale of one to five, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I think I gave it a two. Okay. <laughs> so. Fair. Right on. Uh, Criterion's putting out Blue Velvet, uh, so you can pick that My up. My movie! <laughs> Blue Velvet's pretty good. Yeah, it is um, a movie. Uh, uh, the um, Severin's putting out the Uncanny, 
which if you don't know from a really fun early DVD cover that they've apparently brought over to the Blu-ray, <laughs> is Peter Cushing being scared by a cat. Um, and, and, but it's not like very elegant artwork like they've done in the past for other ones. Severin just decided, nope, we've got to Photoshop this cat next to Peter <laughs> Cushing. It's really the best Peter Cushing Photoshop job since Rogue One. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I lied, there's also a film from this year, or I guess also technically last year, which is Gaspar Noe's Climax, which Brad talked about, so re- hear his review first and then find out if you want to see Climax. Um, Shout Select is putting out Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which uh, is a film with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. You can check that out. Uh, Boom with uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Um, so if you want to watch those people make love, go right ahead. Um uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory is putting out When a Stranger Calls Back, mm. uh, which is Carol Kane and Charles Durning. It's a sequel to a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Sony Pictures Classic is re-releasing the Three Burials of Melchias Estrada, which is Tommy Lee Jones's directed film. So I didn't know if this was a like brand new; they'd never done this before. And it looks like Steel Magnolias as well. Um, Criterion is also putting out One Sings, the other does not, from the late Agnes Varda. So you can get check that out. Uh, on the TV front, we got South Park season uh, 22. 22, yep. So you can pick Which I totally that. forgot it was coming out today, and now i got to see if it's even in the store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also on the TV front, you can pick, out, out, pick up Outlander season four. Uh, there's a standard edition, and there's apparently a collector's edition, so you can check that out. Um, That's time travel fuck film. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking so time, time fra- travel. Time travel fuck TV show, you mean? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Um, <laughs> it's on stars. Yeah. One of them has a bigger budget. Yeah. Uh, Scream Factory is also putting out The Alligator People. Um, Just in time for Crawl to come out in theaters. And I, can't believe I can't wait to see that. Movie. I am so fucking excited. <laughs> it, looks, it looks wonderful. I have. I like. I like when um, Aja does silly fish movies. Like he. Did I like when he does film. horror because he doesn't yeah. give a fuck and it's gonna be gory as hell. Oh yeah. Um, and he's gonna have Sam Raimi going. Mm, yeah. Shoot it faster. He's not directing anymore. He's just producing it. Yeah, that bums me out. He hasn't directed anything. Well, he did one episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. He hasn't directed anything since Oz. Well, he has to take care of his garden. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Make enough money off Spider-Man. And I mean, he made, you know, $50 million for Spider-Man 4 not to be made. If that interview that I heard with him on Nerdist is true, then he must have the best fucking garden because it seems like he (laughs) spends a lot of time in it. Uh, Warner Archive put out a uh, patch of blue with Sydney Portier and Shelley Winters. Um, check that one out. Um, and then a couple of Lana Turner movies coming to Keelan Lobor, Madam X and Portrait in Black. Um, and Warner Archive is also putting out The Golden Arrow. Um, so you can check that one out. It's got Tab Hunter in it. Uh, another Tab Hunter movie got a limited release this week called Lust in the Dust, which is a movie he did with Divine that wasn't made by John Waters. Um, so you can also... Uh, take a look at that one and then lastly um, Scorpion releasing is bringing to you the happy hooker goes Hollywood which if you listened to Adam West speak in that episode of the Simpsons he was on he mentioned that as one of the major highlights of his film (laughs) career Um, so yeah that's Blu-rays this week on Real Nerds Podcast we saw two films Uh, the first film we saw is a dark take on the superhero genre Bookmark. (laughs) Zach, should people see Brightburn? Um, yeah, uh, I think this is I think this is a good movie. Um, I kind of wish it did more, but I also didn't. I I but I shouldn't have expected that much from it. Like, just given the premise itself, like how much they were going to be able to do reasonably on a small budget. Um, that being said, though, I think it's a very bold, interesting horror flick. Um, 
I think that Elizabeth Banks is amazing in the film. Um, I think the kid's really good. Um, I only really had one, one or two like minor quarrels with the film, and they have to do with the fact that I wish that there was more time in this film. Like it's a very short film, so I almost wish I'd got like maybe ten, fifteen minute, more minutes of the film. But uh, it doesn't matter. It's still a fun flick. I'd check it out. Uh, very dark, <laughs> very very dark, darker than I thought it would be. Henry, you didn't see it. Uh, I think it's the worst film ever made, and I will debate all of you. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I will debate all of you. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> a strong endorsement from Henry. Brad? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the effects are really cool. Um, it's got some really cool, tense tension tension moments. But the story is just kind of like there's no one has an arc. Like, just kind of like, literally, what if super, someone with the powers of Superman was evil, and you kind of see that play out? And then it's violent, and that's cool. But story-wise, didn't care for the kid. Didn't really, you know, felt a little bad for the family. But not sure what I was supposed to get out of it other than, like, <laughs> dude, that jaw- guy's jaw's missing. Cool. <laughs> I, I fucking love this movie. You uh, would. Yeah, because, you know, actually, it uh, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a slasher film if the slasher had superhuman strength. Yeah. Because there's a uh, – we'll talk about it later, but there's, there's a great moment in it that just – reminded me of slasher cat and mouse stuff mm-hmm. um and I, I i agree i think elizabeth banks is amazing in this film um i miss her because you know she's directing a lot and that's great but you kind of miss her in front of the camera because she's i think you're really drawn to her and not just doing comedies but like she digs into this oh, yeah. a woman's well. place is behind the camera yeah <laughs> um and then <laughs> okay then roy from the office Yay! is pretty good um but no i i think this movie was awesome and it had um it was dark and I actually didn't mind the length because I think it said what it needed to say. Um, and there's there's also a great Easter egg at the end, um, if you could catch it. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam Jackson comes and goes, Brightburn, I would like to recruit you into the Dark Avengers. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but no, so here's a trailer uh, for Brightburn. Mom, who am I? You are a gift. <laughs> we believe that you came here for a reason. I know it's been difficult for you lately, but you feel different from other kids. Just the floor, Brian! You are different. Caitlin, get my hand up. He's a creep. Help him up. What are you doing? I want him in handcuffs, and I want him gone. Do you even know who his real mother is? I'm his real mother. Let's go. Maybe there is something wrong with Brandon. I will never turn against our son. He's not my son! Hey, who's messing with me? You're one of the only people in the world that knows how special I am. 
there are believed to be no survivors among the 268 passengers on board. No, no, no! Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you. good mom i do yeah i mean brightburn is basically a, a twist on the superman mythos if someone crashed earth and had super powers would they be a good person or would they be a bad person the, what would happen if that person was bad hmm. and uh it, it it veers a little bit i think because people were i know i was reading articles saying well why would dc let them do this it's not quite the superman thing i mean he's basically uh, in the film, the little boy, Brandon, um, arrives on Earth and um, Elizabeth Banks and Roy can't kind of even know his real name. <laughs> Actually, uh, I looked on IMDb. He's just Mr. Whatever the last name was. He doesn't have a first name. Oh, really? I guess she never said it in the movie. I guess not. Um, anyways, they're trying to have a baby. They can't. And then um, a baby crash lands in their neck of the woods. And, Mr. Briar. That's right. Uh, and they um, so they take him in and he doesn't show any signs. And one night the spaceship starts calling him and. Um, basically telling them to take over the world. It's an allegory for puberty. Um, uh, in the class, there's something like the the teacher's talking about uh, wasps or bees yeah, and like how that ecosystem yeah. it's basically mirroring what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to say, I kid you not, as soon as I left the theater and got in my car, I was like checking my phone. And I was like, oh, it's getting hot in the car here, so I rolled down the window and a bee flew in. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> I was like, no, you get out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's just basically uh, now that chronicles his descent into um, being a villain, and uh, and not how he's having a a place to be, and um, he's I, barely provoked though. Like, well, I mean, he's he must be under some sort of. I got that he's under some sort of like, like his hypnotism. programming, is yeah, in programming the... or something like that. Because I mean, at the beginning of the film, he loves his parents, and then he, I mean, he he becomes super fucking dark. Um, and Especially the stuff with like the little girl in his class, yeah, oh, yeah. made me cringe so hard. Oh yeah, I, and I had to. So I went. It wasn't playing at the Alamo, so I, I went and saw it at. Yeah, the, what's up with that? Yeah, I saw. Well, no, the Alamo. no, it is. I, oh yeah, Never mind. I saw the Littleton one. Yeah, Brightburn. Yeah, yeah, Brightburn was one there because I remember cause Booksmart wasn't. And I was mad about that. Yeah, Booksmart's at Sloan. The fuck. Dang, I was. I'm looking at my app. Because, I mean, I have the season pass. I would have gone to the fucking Alamo. Oh, look, your season pass didn't save you this time. <laughs> um, check and mate. I mean, while he's checking, though, I mean, like, the, and those Fuck! The, <laughs> those, scenes, those scenes where he's, like, stalking his classmate are some of the, like, darkest, tensest scenes I've seen, like, this year. Like, just, like, it's... It's really creepy, And I man. think his, like, costume is really creepy. The the mask he wears. Um, and so, but in my theater, I, I saw it at Denver West and whatever. Now they assign seating. And so when I went there, there was three seats taken. And they were, like, in, so they go, like, A through Z or whatever it is. So they're pretty far up. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll sit in row D, four rows up. It's in their biggest theater besides their RPX one. And um, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And like halfway through the fucking credits, one dude comes in and sits right behind me. 
I'm like, dude, there's like 300 seats available. He was fine, though. But it, uh, he actually didn't bother me. I just think it's bizarre. When you buy your ticket, he's like, is, is that Ryan Frost or Millards? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I need to sit. I bet he says some really funny stuff during the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I just laugh. <laughs> I just laugh because he, at, uh, in the mills, that you're given a screen and it has every seat. Yeah. Every seat. And so there's me. I'm the only one in the bottom half of the theater. Yeah. There's three people that are 20 rows up. And you pick the seat right behind me? That's weird, right? He's like, what's going on? Everyone knows my seat is D5, and he's in <laughs> in C5? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm watching it, and the, the, the guys that were like 20 rows back, I think they were really scared in the film because he was doing that laugh where he wanted people to know that he was laughing, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it makes sense. When, uh, so there's a part in, this is where I, it really reminded me of a slasher film. So uh, he kills the dad, and in a super awesome, gruesome, like, using his heat vision way. Yeah. And he and then he goes to the house where the mom's at. And I actually think it's kind of shitty that he killed his mom because his mom was always really cool to him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, so he's in the house and he's attacking his mom by like flying quickly through the house. And she he's chasing her through rooms and you see his feet like hovering. I'm like, oh, this is like a slasher film. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, he's murdering people left and right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and the whole time the guy there's like, ah, ah, ah. Like, dude, it's not funny. It's either that or he's getting an awkward blowjob in the back, so mm-hmm. you never know. Nah, I, I don't think so. I think he was scared, but he didn't want people with him to know that he was scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think both our theories are valid. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it, the movie shot really well. Um, I think, I, like, the violence is, it's, it doesn't shy away from the violence. I was amazed how brutal it was. Like, I mean, like, I, I kind of wish there was more practical, but I don't think, I don't think I would have needed it, because it. Well, that makes, jaw. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that, that's no, pretty gruesome. The jaw, but he like, sits it's, there and just watches him die. I think that's like a reflex with me every time I watch a horror film. I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't use CGI for it. But for this one, it makes sense because of the, well, I mean, the subject I, you're tackling. Too. I mean, there's some great shots in it. There's a. Uh, I think actually the creepiest shot is there's a uh, Elizabeth Banks character is hiding from him. She runs out of the house mm-hmm. and he like shoots up in the air and he like stands over her, looking at her as she runs into the barn. Yeah, I think that's like well, like. It's composited really well, and I think it looks really creepy. And I think the thing where he just flies her up there and drops her, I think that's fucking that's brutal. brutal. And then he looks at that fucking plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, the scene in the diner. Like, before like before she gets into the freezer or the storage unit or whatever, that glass sh- pops and sh- it gets stuck in her eye. Oh, yeah. And, like, it, I know it's computer, but it was so effective that I was, like, I was cringing when oh, she's yeah, pulling that out. Because that's, like, one of those... I think the movie is just really that. effective and really well done. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I wish there was, like, just a little... It was a little longer just so I could get a little bit more time with Brandon, like, seeing the process he goes into becoming that. I, but I also understand why, when you say what you say, that you don't need it. Because... You, I don't think you do. I think sometimes when you explain bad guys too much... It loses something. Um, I, I, I always my, the one I always point to is Jason goes to hell. You're giving him a huge backstory and you're giving him all this mythology that isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. He's more terrifying if he's something that can't be killed and is coming to kill you. He's the shark in Jaws. It's I don't need like explanations of his thing in the barn. I just need like more time with like how bullied was like like maybe just something a little bit more how more bullied was he or like what was the relationship like cuz it seems like he's flirting with the gar- with the little girl in class and then suddenly next scene it turns into total terror so it's like it feels like there's some like 2 minute scene missing like possibly maybe um but 
Um, I mean, I liked it. The, the post credit sequence with Michael Rooker and that fucking weird conspiracy <laughs> Alex Super? Jones bullshit. Like, it's no. really funny. Oh, yeah. So when he's talking about uh, Rain Wilson's Super is in one of the fucking yeah, shots. Yeah, so it's Damn part it. of that universe. Yeah. And apparently yeah. there's a sea creature and an Amazonian woman. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, Aquaman and yeah, so. Wonder Woman. Nice. I want to see Alex Jones do that conspiracy conspiracy theorist bullshit <laughs> like in a full movie. That'd be hilarious. Like, <laughs> make, it a, make it a satire of some kind. James Gunn could do that, yeah, right? So I, I, yeah, I loved the super little Easter egg. I'm like, oh, shit. Damn it. That'd be... Bummed if Brightburn 2 is him fighting super, I'm fucking on board. <laughs> How would that even be fair? It's not fair. <laughs> like he would just it, be murdered. It is, a, it is a five minute short. <laughs> but no, but then you'd, you'd have like Rain Wilson's character like gear up to fight. I don't know. I'd, I'd watch it. I respond, he it got touched a, by the hand of God. So he's I guess if, pretty strong. I guess if Super <laughs> also went like he's already kind of dark, but like if he yeah. went full on murder rage. Yeah. Like, so like he joined the it ranks. Maybe you want to watch Super. I'll probably watch that sometime this week. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I just looked at I don't know if you guys know this um, or if it was obvious. The director of this film also did the Guardians Inferno music video, which wow. that was an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I appreciated though, like because we were talking about how this has that Superman origin. It kind of reminds me of every time you hear about Siegel and Schuster's inspiration for creating the eventual character they created. They created an original like version ish of Superman, mm-hmm. not the same thing, but it's like 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 the reign of the Superman or something like that, where it's just like it's not a good guy. It's just a guy yeah. who comes down, and has all the powers, and is going to kill everybody. So it's basically a callback to that era, and like. I didn't know if it would work, but I'm surprised how well it did yeah. work. You know, yeah, like I said, it, it, I think even him killing his mom was like super shitty because she says throughout the whole film, "You're a blessing," and no matter what you do, and um, it's a pretty dark turn, and it works well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, bright burn. Uh, the other movie we saw is Booksmart. Ooh, yes. Brad, should people see Booksmart? I skipped him because he was really excited. I want him to wait. Nice way to punish him. Fucking a. Um, yeah, Booksmart's great. Uh, it is, it, it's weird. It's, it's actually got very much the same story beats as Superbad. Um, a lot of similar things happen at similar times. Um, but that's fine because they put enough of a spin on it, I think, that it makes it, you know, very much the female perspective of that same story. Um, so I think, I, I think you should still watch it. Cool. Henry? Uh, yeah, I liked it. I uh, I think it's very well written, but I think there definitely are some faults in it. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. So, Zach? Uh, yeah, I really like this movie a lot. It's one of the best films I've seen this year. Um, I think uh, Deaver and Feldstein are really fucking great. I really like their characters together. It's kind of the same way I felt about Jonah Hill and Michael Cera and Superbad, where I'm just like, I love these guys. I want to see them do more things, like have more adventures and uh, and Billy Lord as Gigi is one of my favorite characters in a movie this year. Um, it's really well written, well directed. I, I it's got a lot of heart to it that I wasn't like. I think even more heart than Superbat has, and I like that it kind of helped me connect with those characters in a like a broader way. So um, yeah, I would absolutely go see Booksmart. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films of the year too. I think uh, the characters are really funny. I think it it's just a really fun movie. Um, to watch and uh, see the characters and all their little moments mm-hmm. that they had. And I mean, the audience I saw it with loved it. So yeah, uh, it was, it was really fun. How, how packed was yours? Cause mine was small. Unfortunately, um, mine has actually had a few people. I was, I was like me and two other people in mine. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I mean, but thankfully we were all fucking laughing. So we mm-hmm. weren't all crazy, but like, yeah, that no, was fun. Yep, I good. saw it at 10 AM uh, at Sloan's Lake. Nice. That might explain why there weren't a lot of people there. So, <laughs> It's all right. 
you know, box office numbers doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Here's a trailer for Booksmart. Good morning, winner. Take a deep breath. Visualize the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. Are we going to go to school or? What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? Go talk to her. She's got a really cute smile. Amy, do you know how many girls are going to be up your vagina next year? Every time I come to visit you, you're going to be scissoring a different girl. Dude, scissoring is not a thing. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Don't knock it until you've tried it. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safety... seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. I don't have one. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. You seem surprised that it had, I said that it had the same story beats as Superbad. Uh, not surprised. I think there's Cause it's like, similarities. I think Yeah, it, it's like the last day of school. Mm-hmm. Their goal is to go to a party. They have to take take public transportation at a lot of points. Um, the girl throws up on the other girl at the end that she's trying to get with, like Becca in mm-hmm. Superbad. Like, yeah. yeah they have a fight, and they break up a little bit, and they come back together. But this film has enough of an identity to separate itself out. Like, I mean... Like a lot of films of this genre have similar beats to certain to a certain extent. They're so. also going to different colleges, and they don't know it until <laughs> they like the oh, truth no, they comes know. out. No, they know they're going. She didn't know she was going for a year, though. Yeah, it's it's well, a gap year. Thing. It's the same story beats, though. Yeah, yeah. they just they just change everything a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like my only big complaint is that like it's very predictable and it follows the same kind of structure for a lot of it. Like, uh, I just had some of my kind of like all right kind of writing points, like the whole like uh drugs not kicking in until they know they're on drugs type thing just that kind of being we're like okay we've seen that okay um and just and i just there's a lot of that kind of like predictableness to it that i wasn't that big of a fan there's of, a but. karaoke session where yeah. the one girl has to get up and sing which like michael Sarah had <laughs> to during the party yeah and it's like i think i think it's different enough from super bad too I, I don't like the comparison of saying it's just the female super bad yeah because i think that's disingenuous uh but i do i do think I, it's less that's a female super bad it's more that it's just another teen comedy and so 
Uh, well, Caitlin Dever liked my tweet, so fuck all of you guys. <laughs> uh, but no, it's fun. You know, when you're introduced to the characters and, um, you know, when she comes out and they're all dancing and then it cuts to the no music thing, like yeah. they did in Endgame, I think is always funny. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the line of, um, should we stop? No, we're not going to school. It's pretty fun. Um, I think Sudeika says the principal is awesome. <laughs> when he picks him up and yeah, the lift. Watch porn in his yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> and we're meeting Jordan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the part where uh, they get stuck at the pizza place and they like try to get oh, a ride yeah. oh, with the God. pizza delivery guy and he turns out to be a serial killer. <laughs> the yeah. actual strangler. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's even funny. He's like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Do you even know me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can, 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 you give can some... we get a ride? Can we get a ride? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, no, of course not. <laughs> what's wrong with be you? aware. <laughs> basically telling him what he's gonna do to him yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great uh, yeah because they also had those those silly comedy moments that aren't true to life like you know right up gg where like what are you doing here and how are you not wet gg <laughs> you know? is like a magical fairy character <laughs> yeah. that i absolutely freaking loved yeah uh, and and also when um what's her what's her friend's name the one that uh feldstein interact uh, gets with at the end of the movie i forget um, he, he's, he's the guy who's got all of his like t-shirts with his face on. Him. <laughs> yeah. um, the but rich he, kid. <laughs> he explains to her like why Gigi's a good person and like without giving Gigi like a monologue, he explains and it just says enough about the character to make that character likable on top of all the other likable characters you get in the film. Um, I, I really liked uh, Deaver's character in the movie and kind of like how she's navigating through finding love. Um, yeah. And Feldstein's character, I think. One of my favorite scenes is when they're outside. I think it's after the murder mystery party when they're talking about the vice president that she's attracted to but won't admit. And then um, she kind of, like, doubts herself. And then, like, I think it's Deaver smacks herself in the face and says, like, like don't you ever talk about like that t- talk yourself like that again. If you talk about my best friend that way, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a really nice, sweet moment. Um, yeah. And I just – I'm – I'm, I'm very impressed by how much heart it has, and it's very like intimately directed. When she, when Deaver finds out that the girl she likes is straight, and they're kind of she's navigating through the pool like while yeah. like shooting through the pool, I thought it was a great direction. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great film. Well, it's really smart though how they did that because it's the Ryan character is the only one that does not have white underwear. And they really establish that when she jumps mm-hmm. in, and then that's the reveal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. pretty smart. Well, yeah. I also really like just how it's written, how you meet all of the characters in the f- opening scene, basically in the last day of school, and you just see them come back up throughout the. F- so, like by the time, like by the time we got to the actual the third party, I was like, "All right, how are these characters going to come back in yeah. now?" And yeah. so, this is from when I was living in Barcelona. When I lived in Barcelona, <laughs> also like I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I really like how I mean, the, you can tell. I mean, it's such a great ensemble like all of the high school kids i think do a great job mm-hmm. uh and you can tell because they that's the first the first person they credit in the credits is the casting director yeah and i thought that was good uh, i think yeah. everyone i think i think uh triple a was great uh i thought uh yeah. um, she has a great like uh moment too with uh i can't think of felstein's character's name off the top of my head yeah they have a great moment she picks her up on the side of the road yeah and where she drives by and she and she rolls her eyes she's like really yeah. <laughs> you know, come on. It, it's it's very it's very well made and well put together. I really enjoy yeah. it. Um, it's always hard to talk about comedies, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, don't want to repeat the jokes. Let them go see them for themselves. Mm-hmm. I like the doll scene too. The doll scene was very imaginative and well. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then 
her parents, like they're like they have all the names of the different foods and like Will Will Forte's all bummed out. Yeah. Holy shit. Will Forte needs to be in more movies. The panda. The panda at the very end of the movie before. Oh my God. They're like hugging it and shit. Like that was a great fucking moment. Um, Will Forte's a good dad dad. (laughs) I was reading about the film. I thought one thing I thought was interesting is that apparently uh, the Gigi character was not supposed to show up in the film after the boat scene, hmm. uh, but they liked her character. They liked her performance much. They wrote her into all the rest nice. of the scenes. My, so. One of my favorite shots in the movie is when they're in the closet just before they find out they're on drugs, and she just looks like she's like a mystic about to take their fortune, <laughs> fucking fortune. <And> like, <laughs> it drove me nuts horrible. the whole movie. I was like, who is that? Like, she looks so familiar. Yeah, and then it was like, it's like yeah. ah. Thank you, credits. It's pretty yeah. much uh, pretty much every single one of the high school students uh, actors has been in like one film, <laughs> except for two of them, and so like which is this their first film, and so yeah, good stuff, good job, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, she has a. I think she's gonna have a promising career if the acting thing doesn't work out for. Her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an interview that she did with Sunday Morning with um, Willie Geist and. Apparently, she told her like her her kid only knows that she's a director. She doesn't he doesn't know that she's an actress. Mm. So now he assumes that all women only women direct movies. That's and I awesome. Think that's awesome. Good. Uh, next week we're going to be seeing Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Woo! Monster fights. I'm always down for. Unless you want to see Ma. Oh my God, <laughs> Zilla. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See you at Denver Pop Culture Con. Almost said Denver Con. See you at Denver Pop Culture Con. See us at Booth 102. Uh, pick up your pint glass. Pick up your T-shirt. Be sure to bid on me in the night with Jarvis. Yes, <laughs> the night, with, night Jar- with Jarvis. What does the night with Jarvis consist of? It's One whatever night you want, Jarvis baby. Makes oh. a world go. <laughs> and don't forget, Saturday at five thirty, we will be doing a panel celebrating the year nineteen eighty nine in film. That's or right. no, I guess in pop culture in general. Pop culture. Yeah. No, I build it as nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, said cinema. Yeah. No, I, I said cinema, and then I changed it to just pop culture in the year. And I, Mostly like, cinema. Yeah. Pop culture at Pop Culture Con. Uh-huh. See you there. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.